0: And we are back for another episode of the fifth and last NRL podcast. In Boxhead, we are officially a quarter of the way through the NRL season.
1: Well, that went quick. It went quick and I still have no idea about some teams. I think I've worked two teams out. I reckon the Dragons are good and the Eels are bad. <laughs> that's, about, that's about as far as I've got at the moment. Bad at football. Bad at football.
0: I'm with you, but I think I've worked out... A couple of teams, and it would be the same. The Eels are bad at football, 100%, quite in your own words there. I think that the Dragons are very good at rugby league team. They're a good team, in the words of Laurie Daly. And the other one I think I figured out of the Tigers because of their coach. Yeah. And I'm more than happy to wear it because my own comments, basically the logic is completely wrong in my pre-season uh, preview when I said I think they'll get the spoon on squad Uh, Roster depth, all that kind of stuff. But with Ivan Cleary, I think anything could happen. And I said he was like the third best coach in my opinion, in the NRL. Well, given that logic, I should have said that they're definitely not going to finish with a spoon. And I just think they're a tough football side. They play good football. They've got great goal line defense. They tick all the small boxes, and I think they're a top eight side. I'm happy to
1: say that. Than the West Tigers, who manly, manly, there you go, <laughs> there, there you go, and
0: all these people out there, you they get it. They bagged me, yeah. But you all get itchy feet, it's just a little bit of fun, it's a nice bit of a jibe out there. But it's not, I'm serious. There I, you go, I, I'm pretty
1: good them <laughs> as wooden spooners. Oh, I don't think, and I don't hold back. I don't and, think they're spooners for a few weeks. Well, they're, they're second last now, the only team worse, <laughs> yeah. is in Parramatta. and mind you, they're pretty bad. North uh, Queensland, better Parramatta, North Queensland, manly are, manly Queensland. are, manly are 60. Points better than Parramatta Hall 50 or whatever it was last time. And they, they face off again this week.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, but the Cowboys are under them. They're Cowboys equal, they're equal with to. the Bulldogs. They're equal with the Raiders. Can the so.
1: Cowboys make the eight? Four <sighs> oh, man. They're yeah. one and five. Who would have thought?
0: And you know the you know the worst part about this? It was one of the biggest pre-seasons as far as this is a sure thing. Everyone, every expert, every man. You know man we, didn't take,
1: we didn't take into account enough was the World Cup. And I feel like a bit of a goose now. Uh,
0: I've said that. I did say... a quarter of the way through,
1: but... But I don't think they
0: were as heavily hit. Like, Morgan played in the World Cup.
1: Yeah, but... Thurston's Morgan off surgery. That's different.
0: Yeah, but it was like a little groin strain. And he didn't look too bad on the weekend. He looked a bit freer. But they didn't have as big a contingent, I think, from their whole squad. i tell you what's hit me more than anything. You look at the age of a few of the stalwarts of that team. Like, Scott off his ACL, he's 33-34. Thurston off the shoulder, 33-34. Gavin Cooper's bloody 31-32-33. Winnerstein's not moving that well. Linnett did his pet. Like, a lot of the stalwarts or the core group of that side have had, uh, you know, a fair bit of football under their belt. The thing that surprises me, and I only saw this today, they've got about 13 players off contract. So if you want to talk about time to step your game up, it's not really the way you want to be playing if you're trying to get a new deal or move clubs. So Given all things combined and the way the season started and losing their star recruit in Jordan McLean, it hasn't been a happy time at all for the Cowboys, has it? No. But tackle one, jumping into our set of six as we start our show every single week, just want to send uh, our best thoughts and wishes out there to Matt Gillette, who had a very, very scary couple of weeks. Apparently, that neck injury, multiple fractures in the neck, wasn't picked up in a scan that he himself didn't really report too much about it and thought it was general soreness for four weeks. General soreness? It apparently happened after the first game and he didn't think much of it, he said himself. So he's played four more games before he thought, I may have an issue here. And when they've done the scan, it's come back that he's got three fractures in his neck. I'll and tell
1: you what, he's got huge wheels. I'll tell you what, he's got <laughs> he, <huge>. he, <laughs> he played four Who games. Who was that?
0: Josh Graham.
1: He oh grabbed me on the wheels. Oh my God.
0: Yeah, Matt Gillette, uh, like I said, very emotional when I watched uh, that bit on the news there and he, he was pretty rattled, obviously, thinking about what could have happened over that month of football. Very, very lucky, um, you know, to be able to catch the issue after playing four games of NRL. and. I'm, I'm flabbergasted I really really am but all the best in uh, speedy recovery for him and like he said there is a lot more important things in life than rugby league so Absolutely, uh, Matt Gillette but... is a very lucky man considering
1: I can't believe
0: it it's insanity isn't it it really is it was like Pete's the other year he played that whole game with a fractured neck was it I think Sam McKendry is another one who's played a whole game with a fractured neck but to wait a month and just be like oh yeah I think I've got a bit of a sore Gary Peck and then all of a sudden you go and they go like, oh yeah this could have been, uh, you know, some serious permanent damage or life-altering injury. Mm. Wow. So best wishes out there to Matt Gillette. Tackle two in our set of six. Who would be surprised? Uh, Jackson Hastings causing problems at another club and apparently will not be playing for Manly. They're trying to ship him out the door right now. Uh, rubs people the wrong way. Too big for his boots. A bit outspoken. And there was a bit of a scuffle with Cherry Evans last week at training, apparently, and uh, a lot of the players there, they just don't want him around. So pretty sad indictment on a young bloke who had so much potential coming through the juniors can play in the halves can play fullback is a goal kicker center hooker all these sort of spots burst into first grade 18, nine years old and the Dragons apparently when he left they did want to keep him around but they said he was too big for his boots the Roosters felt a lot of the older players that he didn't know his place and now at a third club already at age 22 is on the outer it's not a good uh, endorsement for a young bloke is it
1: I wouldn't be signing him he's got a track record now whether rightly or wrongly, uh, because we don't know, <laughs> but his record doesn't look good, does it? It, it?
0: But what you've got to take into account is it's on him though. Like it's a personality, it's an attitude thing. That's like, what I'm it's it's not so ability. It's really, on him.
1: Do you really want to bring that into your club? Is probably my point.
0: No, you don't. And that's the sad part is because there's plenty of ability there. The real question, I guess, is can you address it? Can they, uh, apparently I think I read something. Well,
1: I think he's the one that needs to yeah. address
0: it. And I read something saying he was trying to see somebody, and you know, uh, a lot of he's saying is. Partly to do with people don't know a lot of stuff that's happened off the field, or there's other reasons behind maybe the way he he is. But at the end of the day, if he wants to play first first grade football, be involved in football clubs, and you know fit in, you do have to fit in somewhat. Like if you are an abrasive personality, sometimes you just got to bite your lip. Or if you've got a bit of an out there personality, it doesn't sit well with people in an environment with thirty plus people, coaching staff, club people. You have to find a way to kind of just bite your lip sometimes. And yeah. obviously at a couple of clubs, he's had his issues. Um, but, yeah, Manly uh, are shopping him actively right now. I'm not too sure anyone's going to be pretty but, keen. Yeah, to yeah, shopping
1: that. him, you, you need a buyer. So you uh, do. It's either that or he's going to spend the rest of this season in, uh, in reserve. New grade. South Wales
0: Cup. And the
1: question is, How, what if they he get off, desperate? When's he off contract?
0: I think it is the end of this year he's off And again. this is
1: another one where Trent Barrett, <laughs> like what the players are running that team, they say, well, we don't want him in the side. Oh, apparently he's... Absolutely. He's just as dirty. As He's he? off
0: him as well. It's okay. it's been a whole thing that's rubbed everyone the wrong way, and the coach, and then it hit boiling point last week with this bit of a scuffle, oh. and they're just over him. So much but then like again, it,
1: Cherry Evans has got a bit of a history of not getting along with teammates as well. So uh,
0: he had a problem with that former group when he was there, I think. But he, well, he
1: fell out with them. That was the reason he was going to move for from the Titans. All
0: reports I get, and had a a source that I'm not going to name that was involved with the club the last couple of years. They all really like Cherry Evans, or this new crop. They all fit in quite well. So. Okay. Yep. Um, that was more so, I think, the money side of things when they felt he got a pay rise, you know, the old boys lying, what now, et cetera, at the time that were part of that guard that took pay cuts to keep the premiership sides mm. together. So that was a bit of a...
1: Well, they kept him through salary cap cheating anyway, didn't they? Basically.
0: so, so. Uh, We've given that one too much air, but Jackson Hastings, watch his space, see what happens with him after that. Tackle three, origin. We would said last week, we don't want to talk about a whole lot, but the one thing that keeps coming up now and everyone keeps banging on about it is utility, utility, Brad Fitler, Denny Beerus, all these guys when they played, Craig Wing was involved. I still haven't really heard it out of any of their mouths, but everyone's saying that the utility is going to be picked, somebody's going to be in that bench spot, and they're really keen, apparently, apparently being the key word, to have somebody in in that spot who can come off and make an impact like Craig Wing used to. If that was to be the case, who do you see playing that role? I have two yeah, that probably. I'd be looking at, and, and that would be the same to Damian Cook or Tyrone Peachy, and it more depends on what you want. Yeah. If you want someone to come on the back of the forward pack, if they get it right, which I think will lay a great platform and just run absolutely wild like he does out of dummy half, then Damien Cook's your man. But at the same time, taking into account origin, there's less penalties, Brian. Uh The rucks a bit ugly and the game's a bit slower. I don't know if you want to take that risk. Whereas with Tyron Peachy, you get the full package. a guy that can play center, wing, five, eight, nine. You 9. You can play him absolutely anywhere. You can just put him out in the middle like and peachy. let him play football. I say so Peachy. I love Cook, but I just think with the way... Origin is And it's a bit slower And uglier And the rucks Wouldn't be as fast Unless we absolutely Dominated the middle That may be a bit Of a riskier play Whereas I think Peachy probably gives you A bit more variety But Cook has been outstanding And warrants at least To be in talks I think so Yeah I agree I'll give that some air But at the same time When I looked last week I don't really Didn't really look And think to myself I want to pick a utility To be honest I kind of had Wade Graham in Pencil is that guy That can play back row Centre 5'8", and I'd rather pick a couple extra forwards. On on form,
1: Wade Graham would be lucky to be picked.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of why, you know, but in the past we've seen other guys who kind of get picked in that role who aren't playing the best football, but Mm. we'll see what happens there. Uh, Tackle four, one that's a gripe of mine, and you probably agree here with me, the warm-ups. They're just ridiculous. I've said it multiple times before, they're too long, way too much exertion. They preach uh, nutrition, hydration, three days out from the game all week, prepping for a game. Then you get out there and you spend 30, 35 minutes burning off your energy. Some of the big boys... Like, they only play 30, 35 minutes, and they have an impact role, and they've done as much work in the warm-up as they have when they go on the field. So all that prep, and it, what shows on the weekend is Tokiaho got injured for the Roosters in the warm-up, Morgan Boyle got knocked out, Bryce Cartwright copped a head knock, and you see multiple times people getting injured or straining or pulling something in the warm-up. Just calm it down a little bit.
1: Like, well, yeah, they're too long. They're they've got. I'd rather them short and sharp. Like, yeah. intensity, but short. There's nothing worse. Like, we've... we've um I've coached in a few important games very important games and teams have left for their warm up 20 minutes 15-20 minutes before I'm going to leave for mine yeah. And I just think, that's great. Like, go and play your first half out on the practice field. Well, we
0: the Harold Matts football we had this year in particular, hot weather, it is summertime basically. All those day games, just about every single team we played against went out 15, 20 minutes before we did. Yeah, And a lot of them, you could see the effect on it early on, or you could see some bigger boys especially yeah, who struggling. didn't enjoy the heat. And if you've got 15, 16-year-old kids, or even if you've got the first graders, look at the example of the Manly game. Manly shortened their warm-up and tried to do a little bit in the sheds uh, more so stretching than active movement whereas para come out for almost 35 minutes and they started like you know they basically I, had a training I don't session understand.
1: I don't like I get that there's people in different coloured shirts who've got to justify their position but
0: yeah
1: as a coach I don't need a degree in exercise physiology to know what my players need to be warmed up
0: yeah
1: i'm uh, yeah i'm just a bit over the warm ups
0: and just the injury toll on the
1: weekend a lot and of the, the stuff issues. that they're doing in the warm up isn't football related like it's to me it's just dumb yeah
0: Active movement, get the football in your hands, warm up your shoulders, a yeah. couple of ruck things, have a stretch, basically, as far as I'm concerned. 15, 20 minutes, kickers, catches, go do that, forwards do a roll and ruck. That's mm. about all you need to do. Sports science, uh, my friend. Yeah. Sports yeah. science. Tackle five, uh, more the comment of Ray Hadley, and we're not really delving into that side of it, more the point. He apparently ripped in yesterday and said that Brad Arthur has lost the players. Neil Breen kind of uh, debated that last night on 100% football. But the general theme here for us is that Parramatta hasn't been going well. They've now lost six games in a row. We've been murmuring about, you know, is there something going on there? But after six losses in a row and the attitude they've had for him the last couple of years, and this year is coming out dead set flat, is that a fair comment? Do you think Brad Arthur has possibly lost the dressing room? No. No?
1: I don't think he has. There might be players, uh, or players play unhappy, but how do you... To me, what does that mean? What does is, what is, to lose the dressing room, what does that mean? It means that the players are off you. And for me, how does that happen? It happens because you have difficult conversations with players and they don't like what you had to say. But it's not Brad Arthur's job to be liked. And particularly at the moment, losing six games, his job isn't to be liked. His job is to make the hard decisions and convey the information that the players need to know in order to improve their performance. And when you're Norton 6 there's going to be some things that the players don't want to hear. Yeah. Um, so for me... If, if he's lost the dressing room because he's delivering that information, then there's people at the club that need to move some players on I yep. can't handle those tough tough uh, conversations. Because for me, it looks they look like a playing group that's happy and honky-dory while other things are going well. But now that things aren't going so well, uh, they're turning the gun on each other a little bit. And it's showing in their performances on the field in little things that they're not doing in particular in their performances during games. So... Look, does Brad Arthur have a big hole to dig himself out of and the team out of? Yes. And but to me he's he's overcome bigger obstacles than this in his time at Parramatta in the salary cap drama and you know having to having to move some players on that he didn't really want to move on and
0: this that point is why I kind of said last week and people said he'll be sacked is he's stuck in there when he didn't have to for a long time. So I think if this is an absolute barry crocker of a season, I think Parramatta at least owe it to him and some yeah. people say they wouldn't, but I think they kind of do. For sticking by them in multiple times where they've shat the bed and screwed I him mean, over somewhat,
1: they owe him a shitload more than what he owes them.
0: Hundred percent. So that's what I mean. At least this year. But you
1: don't. What I what I don't get, and this is my bugbear with the media. As a coach, as an aspiring coach, you don't become a bad coach in six weeks. No, you don't. So how was he? You know, one of the one of the you know the coach that was going to take Parramatta to their next title.
0: Yeah. And all so of a sudden he weeks, can't coach. No, he
1: can't coach. Like you look at him at halftime at Penrith in round one; they were smoking Penrith. Hmm. And in five and a half weeks, we're now talking about sacking him. Oh, it's just it's an overreaction. I know it sells papers, and I know Parramatta fans aren't happy. But take it from someone who supports a team that sacked three or four clubs in the last six years. Every time you sack a coach, it basically, basically you basically get the reset button. How many coaches come in and win a comp in their first or second year? Not many. So, you know, it's all well and good to demand that, you know, things change, et cetera, et cetera. But just relax. Um, it's, I'm certain that Brad Arthur didn't have Owen Six in his plans. Nah. Um, so, for me, some of the players need to take some ownership. Uh,
0: and that was the part I
1: was going to jump on to. I think the
0: only thing he can probably put his hand up to is if you've recruited players, like you've brought a Moses in and that's rubbed maybe Norman the wrong way and there's reports they don't get but, along and his patience worked in with him. It'll it's your responsibility, and I'm saying, yeah, for six months it did, but i mean a full pre-season and everything they're doing now, but my thing is the only little bit he has to take responsibility for, but he should get the chance to turn around, is if he's brought these guys in and it's caused a bit of disharmony, given what they've gone through in the past and he's stuck around, they owe it to him to let him put his hand up and say, yep, maybe I did make a mistake there. I want to move on one of these halves. Or the People are bringing up Jared Hayne. The bloke's not even on the field. Still seeing things yesterday going, as Jared Hayne, bad culture. He's not even playing. Mm. Like, I, I don't get it. And it's not even just players like that. It's attitude just from players in general. On the weekend, Bevan French had one run in that whole game. Um, you get Guths when he comes back from ACL and I think he had the most energy of all the players on the field. Like, it's just... I think, I think it's more so the players after six games that have got the poor attitude. If there's infighting or issues between the player group, that's maybe on Arthur and the players to sit down and just have a big honesty session and have it out if you're going to do something like that. But given all the drama in the past I don't think you can put it on him I think the only thing you can put and coaches do do that you know it yourself if you've brought in a couple of big personalities and it's kind of caused a stir between them and that's translating to the field you're big enough to put your hand up and say I probably made a mistake there but I think Parrish should at least see it through to let him maybe make some changes if this year is a write-off moving into next season
1: okay so they they suck him who takes over
0: exactly who's out there there's Michael Maguire. Just relaxed
1: Parramatta fans. Relax. He's
0: just as probably intense a character as that. You've got Dez Hasler. Yeah, that's
1: what Neil Brown said last night. I think he's too intense. Going up, hell, you know Neil. Like I, I get, I get that you're a journo and I get that you get information from players or officials or whoever, but you need to understand the people giving you that information have an axe to grind as well.
0: Yeah, but you've got, like I said, those. So candidates. just
1: be very, very careful believing everything that you hear around this. Yeah. To me, Brad Arthur seems like a straight shooter, yep. a guy that probably could rub people up the wrong way, um, but he seems like he's, he's pretty genuine and he's got integrity in what he's trying to do. I, I don't think he's a snake or he's, you know, he's got issues around you know honesty and communication and things like that. I think, if anything, he's probably com- communicating too much. Too, he's, he's probably too honest of a bloke for that job because, to me, it looks like there's players there that can't handle what they need to hear. I think it's more on the group.
0: And if there is in problems, I don't think it's got Arthur written on it. I think he's maybe brought those players together, think, thinking he could get them all to mesh together. But if there is a bit of tension, then it's his job to turn it around and or move players on if that is the case for next year. And that's what I'm getting at. From everything he's dealt with, to me, he doesn't deserve to be sacked. He should get an opportunity to put his hand up and say, yep, I probably brought in too many guys with a bit of ego or a bit too much personality. Mm. I want a chance to turn it around. I think they owe it to him. And I wouldn't say that for very many coaches, but for what he's stuck by them through, the least I think they could do is stick by him for the rest of this season. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe in recruitment in the front row, he could probably put his hand up there as well and say he's made a bit of a furphy by thinking that Tim Manor, Alvaro, etc., that we said last year we couldn't believe they got through for, a really struggling this year. And then you got Kane Evans. That's an area he's got to address big time because they have no go forward whatsoever. Uh, the last one i got here is obviously the season so far. We're a quarter of the way through. Looking at the ladder, just things that have surprised us, teams that have disappointed us. Um, you know, I think just some thoughts generally after a quarter of the season is gone and that team we just talked about. you Some people tip the Parramatta Eels to win the competition. I didn't think they were going to win the comp. Said they would be, I think, fourth or fifth I had them. The Cowboys are the one that's really rocked me though after six games to be one and five um, considering the roster they've got, the players that have come back into that side and recruiting McLean. If you would have told me that the Cowboys were going to have one win after six games, I would have said you're an absolute drip. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The, the two at the bottom are the two that absolutely stand yeah. out to me. And the Sharks also the, well, going game, through a bit. Um, the only game the Cowboys won was round one, and that was a 50-50 game as well.
0: Well, they could have lost that one exactly. very easily, yeah. Yes. And the Sharks, I know they're lower down. They've obviously had the injury problems last week, but I've said this multiple times before. The fact he won't settle on a spine and he kind of dug himself a hole by like giving promises or telling players, you'll play this position or that position... You know, and, and then I look this week, Hodkinson's out of the side where last week I thought he was one of their better players and set up a couple of their tries. Like I just continuity in your spine in particular needs to stay. Yeah. Every single week the sharks keep chopping and changing. Until that stays stable, and I know they've had injuries with Moylan for a couple of weeks, Dugan for a couple of weeks, they're gonna keep having problems if they just keep chopping and changing. Yeah. So that's one that, you know, I, I think could be fixed. The dogs, I think the effort's been there but being down lower doesn't surprise me. Manly I had outside. Raiders I had outside. They're pretty much in a similar spot to what I would have expected. Newcastle, to start the way they've done and win a couple of those close games, I think it's good for them and their fans to see them. I think they only had three wins in the two seasons prior. So any Newcastle fan that is uh, disappointed with any of the results
1: against the Roosters of a storm. I think you're crazy. Yeah, I've got four in that I predicted to be in I've got four that I predicted to be out. So I've got Eels, Cowboys, Sharks and Raiders on the out. Um, and I've got rabbitos, roosters, storm, and dragons who are all in. Well, I have
0: dragons, panthers, storm, roosters, and broncos. Uh, the broncos, I still can't work out. And I don't know how their season's going to play out again on the weekend. Yeah. Surprises for that. The
1: one I've result. whiffed on, and I'll admit it, I whiffed on Penrith. Well, I didn't whiff on them. i just thought all that off-season drama was going to come to a head. I thought Anthony Griffin was going to be sacked. Yeah, there was about a month there where they just it was it was a matter of uh, you know. When not if yeah. that he was going to be sacked, and I think the start of their season has saved that speculation. Um, They've weathered injuries; they're playing great footy. So I've got that one wrong, completely yeah. wrong. For me, it wasn't it wasn't a player issue. It was a it was just the the off field stuff, and you know the rumours that Gus was coaching and Anthony Griffin, And I've I've got sources very very close um, within the club, and you know obviously not going to say who or whatever, but. That was the saying that all that stuff was true. That, yep. you know, there was a big confrontation in the trial game um, against the Bulldogs where Gus and Griffin had words and, you know, with the coaching staff. But what people also need to understand is that, for me, I, Gus and Griffin and the coaching staff would have been unhappy for that to get out. But if you think that that's something that doesn't go on in rugby league clubs in every team... Yeah, you're crazy. You're crazy. So... But for me, I just thought there was a lot of rumours going around. I bought into it and it was foolish of me to buy into it um, and I've got it wrong. So Penrith are playing great footy and the off-field stuff has gone away for the time being and um, there's no reason to believe that he's going to be punted or there's any dramas off the field.
0: Well, I put my hand up as well. I did put them in my eight, but I also did make comment that if there was going to be issues early on, they had the talent to still make the finals even with those or if they lost early, they needed to make a change quickly so they could maximise... That squad because there is enough
1: there. And particularly with Cleary missing three games, like Maloney oh, stepped up big time.
0: Huge. And the versatility we've talked about before in some of those guys that have come into the side. Like Yo was back row last week, has the ability to play center, could play Lock at a pinch with his work rate if you want him to. And then you got a guy like Harry Naira, who a lot of people have only seen him play first grade as a back rower. Yeah. Coming through the grades, he was playing five, eight and fullback. Fullback. Yeah. And then he finished up when his growth spurt happened, playing centre. And back row, obviously more a back row now, but he's playing centre this week and did a job last well, the week.
1: The two third and fourth, a lot of people predicted to be the last and second last, the cool. Warriors and the West Tigers. So that's the two. I, that didn't, I... I didn't have either of them in my eight, but I didn't have either of them um, with the spoon. But well, I had one. I'm happy to admit it. I thought that the West Tigers would be a bottom fourteen, um, and I thought the Warriors would be a bottom fourteen. The Warriors. But the Warriors were one that we said we're not tipping them. We're not putting them in because every they time burn us they do, they year. burn us. And it still remains to be seen whether they'll make the eight this year. But
0: we still brought up the Blake Green factor, Tohu Harris. Those guys going right. over, and if things you know came to fruition, they could do anything.
1: Yeah, I've underrated the impact of Blake Green, who's the player that I've. I will still stick by they my comment though years. that anyone who ever
0: tips the Warriors to get the spoon, in my opinion, needs to give themselves an uppercut. Whoa, MG Be- did because they're all well, plenty of people have said they would. They've always got a bulk amount of internationals. They've usually got a good crop of juniors. I know the 20s have struggled the last couple of years, and they're generally always unaffected by origin. So yeah. for that fact alone, every year, if you don't think they could win five or six games and avoid the spoon, I think you're crazy. Yeah. I really do. So, um, and yeah, obviously those two have been surprises. Storm and Roosters at three and three doesn't really surprise me, considering the changes in their rosters. And it's gonna take time, so anyone anyway, banging the drum on that. Those kind of fan bases you need to calm down as well. But full credit to the Warriors and the West Tigers to be five and one. Panthers to be five and one but the Dragons there at one. Had them in our eight, uh, both of us. I wasn't too sure, mainly from a depth point of view, how they'd go as far as the whole year. I definitely think they're a top eight side. So wasn't too sure about top four, but they've proved me massively wrong so far. Um, yeah. I, I still just worry about injuries, and I think it shows every week. Like I say, they use their bench to a minimum. Besides Armel, they don't give a lot of minutes to the other three guys. If they do get injuries, I do have genuine concern. Hmm. So that's something that's yet to be seen. But they're starting thirteen. One to thirteen is fantastic. It really is. There you go. Set of six done. There we'll move on to our power rankings. And at one, I don't think there's going to be any surprise. I've got the Dragons. Me too. Only the undefeated team in the NRL, playing some outstanding football, yep. winning games a variety of ways. Number two, I have the Warriors, even after that disappointing loss. I didn't think they were too bad. A couple of those injuries are maybe a little bit flat, but I'll leave them
1: there. No, oh, I've dropped them. Uh, I've got the Panthers at two. All
0: right. I have the Panthers at three. Uh, impressed again on the weekend, but no offence to your Titan side. Uh, they're bad at The fun. injury and the warm-up, they're very sporadic week to week. You still can't defend in the middle, and you got bullied by a much bigger side. Yeah. So. It's nothing against Penrith, but I just think the first five weeks of the Warriors, I was pretty impressed, and uh, I thought Brisbane were very good on the weekend, so I'll, I'll leave them there. Number four, I have the Tigers. Uh,
1: numbers, so who do you have at three? Uh, I
0: had the Panthers. Panthers Sorry. Panthers at three, yeah. I've, I've got the Tigers at three. All right, fair enough. Well, I've got the Tigers at four. I think they've been outstanding, um, and even with injuries as well, considering we talk about roster depth, they've still found a way to win as well. Lost yeah. Packer on the weekend. A was out this weekend. You know, they dropped Lola here, brought Noffeluma back in. This weekend they've lost Chris Lawrence. Elijah Taylor returns. Uh, and someone else was out. I'll have to look at that again later on. But they just keep on keeping on. They play great brand of football. I really enjoy watching the Tigers.
1: Yeah, at four I've got the storm.
0: All right. I've got the storm at five. One again on the weekend. Still working through some stuff, but the big thing for me, um, a lot of people were freaking out about like Brody Cross not making the errors. He was sort of forcing the errors, forcing passes. So, to me, they're more caused errors than personal errors. Um, but, yeah, a bit of time in Cup to chill out. Riley is just steady, and it showed. We completed at 90% the other night. Yeah, they looked a lot better. Our forwards dominated, ones. and, yeah, those caused errors were a big thing. Mm-hmm. Brody Croft just a little bit too pushy, really, really persistent with things, didn't really know how to die in a play. So, he, that's something he's got to learn. Uh, who have you got at five? I've got the Warriors at five. Okay, you've dropped them a fair few. Yeah, games.
1: well, I've dropped them... I think Penrith Tigers and Storm. I've put put ahead of them after the weekend. They all won. And
0: well, I'm going to give the them Warriors the benefit lost. of the doubt until they play the Dragons this week. Who I
1: yeah, right now. I, I don't think the Broncos are very good, and they lost to the Broncos. I, I know they, they won five before that. They probably the Raiders game. The Warriors didn't deserve to win. They they got that late. So but for me, you can't I, take
0: that off. And no, that was can't. that was a huge way I'm to just, win that game.
1: I know, but I'm just I don't know I've got some question marks.
0: We'll wait and see uh, At six I've got the Roosters And again still some teething problems there But I think the bigger issue is just A little bit with the spine uh, You know you've got Tedesco who is really struggling To fit into a really structured type of game And their forward pack to me is dogging it at the I moment. hear
1: the people in South Sydney ranting and raving your name You've got the Roosters ahead of the Rabbitohs in your power rankings Yeah I sure do Yeah well they, the bloody Rabbitohs beat them on bloody Thursday night mate That's fine I've got the Rabbitohs at six. I still had the Cowboys in oh, the last week. <laughs> You're on drugs. I've got the Rabbitohs at six. Fair enough. Because they beat the Roosters. <laughs> that's fine. On Thursday. Yeah, that's What fine. are you talking about, mate? <laughs> I've
0: got Souths at seven. Oh, So you think the Roosters are better than South? I think they've probably had a tougher draw so far and they've played some good they football. They've played each other on Thursday. Yeah, that's fine. Mate, I had the Cowboys New still last week. Power rankings, all right? So calm down. Jeez. They've had two good weeks without Sam. I like it. You know the big thing for me, moving forward, I want to see them play well with Sam. Moving
1: forward. Moving forward.
0: <laughs> Julia gillard styles This week when he's back in the side, my big thing is his brothers usually seem to take a backward step and a lot of guys take yeah. their foot off the pedal. With him back in the side, how about we all play good football okay. and just absolutely dominate in the middle good. and tear teams to shreds. Guess who so. I
1: got it at seven? If they do that this week, I'm happy with it. Who Guess I got? got it at seven? Tarosters. The there you go. So that's not too. Tarosters. That's fine. But I've got them behind South Sydney because South all. Sydney beat the Panthers. off. Well, all. who who have you got at eight, mate? I've got Newcastle. I was going to put cousin New- Gary. This one was between
0: Newcastle and the Broncos for me. I didn't decide just yet. But the
1: Broncos the, the Knights beat the Broncos a week before. I know,
0: and that's the reason Come why, on why on, I've buddy. gone with Newcastle in oh, the I process see. of elimination.
1: You're <laughs> oh, hitting yourself. When I was looking no, at it. All.
0: Like they've beaten the Warriors on the weekend, but they lost to Newcastle the week before. Newcastle's had two bad losses though, and they've had a couple of good close wins. So they can be <laughs> in my power rankings for now, but I don't think they're going to be there for much wow. much of the year. But we'll wait and see what happens. But <laughs> there you go. There's the power rankings. And there's also the set of six. Before we jump in and review the games from the weekend, a big thank you to our sponsors and make sure you support them if you can, if they're in a convenient location or if they're within your reach. Penrith Solar Centre, Brock, he's on board. The old man's just got some at his house. It's almost a necessity with the way rising bills are these days. The systems usually pay themselves off within three or four <laughs> years and it helps you out big time. So Sorry, I
1: didn't uh, realise. What's that, mate? Poppet Mudgee, he's got some as well.
0: Yeah, they went He's got up a there. system. So. Sorted
1: him out. Pop, he's on board. Just went up to Mudgy for a couple of nights over the weekend. Great and, place. Uh, yeah, good part of the world. But yeah, Pop Shep, he's got some on his roof too. Yeah, we're all into the solar
0: gig so far. But Penrith Solar Centre, they say defence is the best offence, so what defence have you got in place against a nasty situation of rising power bills? Penrith Solar Centre is Western Sydney's leading specialist. Whilst you have little control over your team's outcome, the expert team at PSC is devoted to giving you control of your power bills back. Let the sun work for you and your home and your back pocket. Save thousands per year in energy costs. It matters to be the difference between good or great seats watching your team in the 2018 NRL Grand Final. Contact the team today at Penrith Solar Centre on 1800 20 to discuss how they can make you the real winners this season. Check them out on Facebook or their website com. Dot au. And, of course, there's was at Nepean Boltmaster, www.nepbolt.com.au. They've got you completely covered for fastening systems. Uh, their main office is located at Penrith, and they have another office there at Castle Hill. They boast the largest range of fasteners and associated products not only in the region but throughout the state. So if you're in New South Wales, Nepean Boltmaster is your go-to. But they have more than just fasteners. You'll also find a range of industrial and engineering products, abrasives, hand and cutting tools, lifting materials, handling products, safety and cleaning products, paints, and general hardware items. If you're a tradie, look no further. The PM Bolt Master provides total need sourcing packages for all trades associated with construction, engineering, and industry segments. Check them out on Facebook or get onto Woz's website, www.nepbolt.com.au. And Deluxe. they do all sorts of events uh, across all the states in Australia. They can do bucks parties, teach you how to play poker, corporate events, all sorts of bits and pieces. But most importantly, for anyone out there, if you're involved in a football club and you're looking for a fundraiser, look no further. They've been fundraising for over 10 years, Poker Deluxe, and they're the industry leaders in fundraising for sporting clubs. Paul and Adam from Poker Deluxe are passionate about what they do and committed to raising much-needed funds for local sports clubs. Their fundraisers come with a whopping $1,000 profit guarantee. As a minimum, they also provide equipment, Hosts to run the night and over $2,000 worth of prizes to be won. It's a no-brainer. If you're on a committee or involved with a local club or any sports team, make sure you have a chat to the boys at Poker Deluxe and see how they can help you pull that $1,000 profit and put on a really fun night. To date, they've raised $1.5 million to sporting clubs around Australia. So when you're thinking about a fundraiser, think about pokerdeluxe.com.au. And the last one, obviously, is the Pro Sports Syndicate. We go through their product a little bit more when we do our betting and tip segment there, but they are full time punters, professional gamblers and analysts and uh, their recent season was the NFL. They returned a profit of 27% for the year starting off the NRL this year. They're running a tiny bit behind but who hasn't been going bad with their tips to start this season? I'm sure they'll turn it around and they've got a special offer for our listeners. $99 sign up for your first month and if the tips don't return a percentage of profit, you get your next month for free. No locking contracts, nothing like that. You can cancel any time. But moving on, from our sponsors there, and a big thanks to them. We jump into the reviews of the games from the weekend. And to kick off the round was obviously South defeating the Roosters 26-14, and I think the easiest way to sum this one up was Souths just absolutely blew them off the park. I know the scoreboard was, wasn't exactly a reflection of that for stages there, and it was quite close, but they had more intent, they were more physical, and full stop, they were the better side, especially in the middle third of the field, where I thought the Roosters,
1: again, were very, very poor. Yeah, the the Roosters defensively were ordinary. Um, their intent was ordinary. the The Rabbitohs just ran through them. They ran harder. They played a you know a power game, and the Roosters middle just didn't handle it.
0: I instantly had concern when I turned it on and heard that Toki Aho wasn't playing, which is pretty sad. When you've yeah. got two other guys in your team by the name of Dylan Napa and Jabari Hargraves because the way they've been starting this year has been very very poor. Yeah, and when he was out, I was like, well there goes your most consistent middle, or the guy I know is going to do his job, what am I going to get out of the other two? And Napa was caught up in the middle a few times there where the Burgesses bullied him, and Damian Cook in particular made three or four line breaks just clean. He absolutely tore them to pieces. Yeah. Uh, the one criticism I did have, I think they could have had more points in the first half, but they persisted to always get to that left-hand edge. They really wanted to play on that edge with Cody Walker, John Sutton, etc. I realize that they're probably the most dangerous edge, and they've obviously got, on that side of the field, Greg Inglis as well, but... At times, I thought they had numbers to the right. They kept persisting to go left there. But one thing I won't take away from South—they play football. Um, they've 20, definitely opened up
1: a lot of ineffective and missed tackles for the Roosters. Oh, the middle so was awful, absolutely terrible. When I was watching it, you're just looking at it going, "Well, they're just allowing too many offloads It's allowing South too many second chance plays, and um, the Rabbitohs just made more meters. And yeah, they they should have come up with more points. I think the Roosters' goal line defense was pretty good, to be fair. But the problem was that they were down there too often.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, I think Walker, in particular, when he finally paid off at the back end of the half there, it was very good. And then second half, it wasn't really great for the Roosters' confidence when G.I. obviously took that kick to start things off. And they had a couple of quick ones in succession there. Crichton getting that easy put down after Tedesco. looked like he injured his leg badly, to be honest. He got peeled back. But uh, on the Rooster side of things, like I said, it looks just really unbalanced at the moment. Not only is the middle not doing their job and laying a platform and they're poor defensively, but their set starts aren't really going that well. Ferguson was leading the way in that category. And the sadder part for me is it looks a little bit overstructured at times. They play a little bit too flat and try to go block, block off the back of slow play the balls. And Tedesco still really doesn't seem to fit in to an overstructured kind of format. He looks better off those dummy half runs or broken play or those bits and pieces like he did at the Tigers when he's just playing off the cuff or playing naturally around the ball. They're still working combinations out. I I think they look a better side with Victor Radley on the field as well. And that's the thing I was going to bring up. There's been murmurs that there's been tension between Politis and uh, obviously Robinson because he's got the feeling that he, seeing Radley's doing better and that friends, why he brings a lot in defence, in attack, he's been awful. He put another poor kick in that gave away a seven tackle. It was more the
1: kicking. I look at it and I go, well, you've got Cooper Cronk. And you you look at Melbourne's kicking game now that Cronk's not there... Hasn't been anywhere near it as It hasn't cool. been as effective, and the Roosters need to use that as a weapon.
0: Yeah, but even in general, like he jumps you when... should be doing every kick, pretty much. When someone's set, he still jumps and takes it upon himself. Well, something
1: that was bugging both of us last year as well. He kept so, doing it. Yeah, He kept trying to put grabbers and in and look, it's, it's a good thing to have to your game when you're a hooker, but... You don't need to kick seven me, times a game as a nine. If it's not needed, then you don't need to do
0: it. No, not when Kronk's there. You just no. paid him a million dollars, let him kick. Correct. He got three tries That's last week out of yeah. his kicking Correct. game. And um the frustration also there for me was the three or four penalties at the back end. I'm sure he's trying hard to, you know, make use of his time on the field, but he gave away some critical penalties that weren't needed, which helped South get out when they were trying to get field position, get opportunities down that end of the field. And it just wasn't a good night all it around. Wasn't, it wasn't.
1: Uh, the two for me, it wasn't a good night for Luke here It wasn't a good night for Jarrah Hargreaves. I tell you, I think I'll... he... What, he started and made an error in the first set of six. like
0: My absolute bugbear, and I couldn't believe he's played him three weeks in a row, was Reece Robertson still being in the side. Yeah, and he's true. dropped him finally.
1: Well, who, who's, who would come in for him?
0: Well, they've lost two guys that are part of their top squad, which is the thing that hurts in this new system. Bernard Lewis, a 20s player who scored a bag, of tries, did his ACL in the preseason. Yeah. And then Tupo, obviously, tore his pec. My call, and I know I hated it last year, was that just for defensive purposes and the high ball... He has to go. Orbison has to play centre. And one of the Manu or Latrell goes to the wing, probably Manu. And that's what he's named this week. Okay. Um, and that's a bloke Who's off... on the
1: wing, Manu or Latrell?
0: Manu. Manu and yeah. That's a bloke I've got to give a rap to. Latrell Mitchell this year so far has been outstanding. And the fact they don't give him just some more early ball, and that's my other issue, like I said, just way too flat and too structured at times. I know they're still trying to find the balance between Kronk, Kiri, Tedesco at the back, but right now, on on top of working all that kind of stuff out as well, you've still got to remember the talent they've got in this team. And when someone like Latrell Mitchell, if you've got a quick play the ball on that left hand edge, just give him the ball. Yeah, Like that try he scored again. He had no right to score. He embarrassed two blokes, got vertical, and planted that ball down with these. He's a freak. Mm. And the scary part is, again, he's only 20 right now. He's been playing first grade for three seasons now. Yeah, um, move on. Yeah, it's Danny. But full credit to South. And I've got to say, they've had a tough draw to start the year. Mm. And they've been competitive. Competitive in all their games, and if Burgess comes back in, my big challenge obviously is to the twins and the other forwards around him there. Now that he's back in, show as much desire and effort and intent as you have the last two weeks. Now that he's back in your side, you'll roll over anybody. Yeah, uh, but Cody Walker, great footballer, Damian Cook throwing his hand up obviously for higher honours. There, Melbourne 40 uh, to 14 over Newcastle. This one, I just got to say, simple but effective. They, they held the football. Croft obviously dropped this week. Jack's in. The message throughout the team was, let's just get through our sets, build some pressure. They're going to make some errors. We're going to get opportunities. And they did that. Yeah, uh, They had 90% completion rate for the game. I know a lot of people were blowing up early on. They couldn't fathom that the penalty count was 7-0. But when they're rolling the way they were with Bromwich, Nelson, Asafa Solomona, and a couple of guys, you know, just jumping off the line early, etc. Um, you know, it showed them the tries they scored. They kicked him behind twice and got tries off that. Mm. Bromwich laid on that nice pass for Glasby, but the first 20 minutes, they just blew them off the park, basically. Yes. And
1: that strangle of possession and penalties didn't help, but in the middle, they just bullied him. They really did. 58% possession, less errors, less penalties. Yeah. Um, and Newcastle looked intimidated. In the first 20 minutes, they looked intimidated. Melbourne ran rough shot over them, um, and I thought the halftime score really, really flooded Newcastle. Well, I must give them one bit of
0: credit, though, and that's that when they did get the ball and they did play to that left-hand side like they have the last few weeks, they found a way to take Melbourne apart, and a lot of that comes off the back of Callum Ponga uh, and his combination with Fitzgibbon and also Pierce. Pierce, I think, been really, really good this year, and he's got a decent combination not only with Ponga as well, but Fitzgibbon also on that left-hand side. That is their most dangerous edge, obviously, so um, I do give them some credit there, but uh, the intimidation factor. The, the last
1: 60 minutes of the game, they were good. They competed, yeah. but... Melbourne ran rough shot over
0: him. Yeah, and that intimidation factor you talk about comes in the metres again, 1,500 to 1,000. It was more like the games just in the last two years where Newcastle struggled to lay any platform. I have forwards get over that 100-metre mark, and their back five, start things off. But, yeah, Melbourne definitely blew them. A solemn owner. Uh, Bromwich, to me, this year has been back to that sort of form that saw him close to the best prop in the world, if not the best prop in the world, a couple of years ago, mm. which is good to see after the off-field stuff, obviously, last year. And, and a bit of a slump there, but... For Newcastle, I think the main thing is you're 3-3. Three three. The effort's there. There's, I say this every single week, and probably, people probably get sick of it, but they've got salary cap left. They're going to be on the market this year. There's talk. They're going after Lisa and Armour, which would be a great trade-in for a guy like a Lilimer and a hinington who's just making a quick stop in for a year as a veteran to help out. Imagine if they got Armour on board next year with the Safidis and Herman saSA So that's another upgrade to the squad. And on top of that That investment in Ponga so far Just looks like it's paying dividends And Lachlan Fitzgibbon's One of the most dangerous Edgeback rows at the
1: comp so. Yeah, Rome wasn't built in a day.
0: No, exactly uh, Patience and things are looking nicely Lamb, i got to say His confidence He looked really, really low on it He missed a lot of tackles He had a poor game And again, he's been dropped this week So Jack Cogo is heading to the Bulldogs He's going to get an opportunity To play some first grade um, We'll see what happens there And Connor Watson—that may mean that he gets back into the picture a bit early, but it's—it's it's pretty sad for me to see the way Liam is playing because he finished last year so well. I don't know whether it rattles his confidence, bringing Pearson and these couple of guys and that, and but Watson
1: and, yeah, he, he I, doesn't
0: look the same player he was. That's for sure. Um, so that's fair. Uh, good win by Melbourne, and like you said, back to basics, high completion. Smith, Bellamy—they were touched on it. They just need to hold the football, get back to the, doing the basics right, and uh, it showed them the scoreline. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Jacks will definitely be holding that jersey for now. Let's put it that way. So, back on the roll there for Melbourne. Dragons, Sharks, 40 20. Not the kind of scoreline you'd expect from this game. But the first half was all that I expected usual. Very physical game, very gritty. Lots of confrontation, like Frizzell and Fafita there early on, bumping heads, guys that played for New South Wales together. But um, it was a bit of a crazy first half, too. The short kickoffs wreaked havoc. Seemed like every time one of those went up, uh, you know, they almost lost the football. McInnes getting sin-binned, um, you know, and the Sharks kind of struggling on the back of that still with their offense. Their attack was still pretty ordinary. I thought Moylan had a pretty bad game. He got caught out the back defensively a couple of times, but it all kind of fell apart for the Sharks, didn't it? Uh, you know, the penalties and ill-discipline gave Dragons opportunities to take penalty goals, and they've been one of the first to throw the hand up and take those points to stay in the game. I think they got three early on. Yeah, But for Fafita, who I thought was running an absolute rough shot, once he went off, uh, things didn't look too good Gallon went off early So you've lost a couple of players They lost Graham in the second half To be down three players of that ilk Is definitely not going to help your cause.
1: Hell no No way in the world No, they I'm not, I'm not sure what it is with the Sharks They're struggling to score points That's definitely one um, area that they need to look at But the Dragons just I don't know They, they outclassed them um, They rolled down the field on them Craneola just missing something. Like Moylan was horrendous in this game, absolutely horrendous. Like made errors at key stages, threw the ball, um, you know, out to the edges when it wasn't on. Um, just made errors. Oh, I've... Shane Flanagan was on NRL three hundred and sixty last night. And he said, "Look, the makeup of my side this week will be what it's going to be moving forward." I haven't really had the chance to put the side that I wanted to put in in their positions on the field yet this season. To me, that's a bit of a cop out. They're, they're blessed with a lot of different players and they're blessed with a lot of different headaches. But you had three or four months to sort out your combinations. Yeah, and the
0: preseason had Holmes at the back, who's now on the wing. Moylan's back in six this week. Hodkinson's been dropped after I thought he's just played. It, 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 you know? it,
1: it just I thought, well...
0: And Dugan last a week a cop out, mate. was in centre because of his right groin, but he's straight back to fullback this week. So his groin would want to be 100% because last week it was, oh, he's, you know, we couldn't put too many kilometres in his legs. So well, he's going to be doing plenty this week. Yeah. But I don't get how Moylan, you know, defensively he's obviously not the best in the front line. Attack, yeah, he probably offers a little, a something a little bit different on the ball. But Hodkinson, I think, has been good the last couple of weeks. He's kicked well. He defended well. He did get taken apart the other week by Tedesco, but everyone was turned out there. They were stripped of numbers. But he set up two of the tries the other night. And was pretty good on the ball. So, you know, I know he's gone there for, you know, only a small wage and they've got him for good depth, which is a great opportunity. But if this is the makeup going forward, it's Dugan at the back, Moylan at six, and Holmes on the wing. Yeah. If this is his ideal spine. But losing those forwards, obviously, uh, doesn't help their cause. McInnes, when he got back on after that sin binning, was outstanding. That individual try, why I thought there was some pretty soft defence, he showed again to me. I don't think it's a contest between him and Corishau. I really don't. He has missed. I think two tackles all well,
1: year. I asked you that last week. Why Why the Coruscant buzz? I don't, I don't well, get it. Everyone
0: I, else has got that buzz is what I'm getting at. But I don't I'm, have that
1: buzz. I think it's McInnes and Daylight.
0: And honestly, I'll throw this out there. I know Coruscant's probably got a bigger body of work, but I'd prefer Cook even over Coruscant, to be honest. That's my own opinion. But Cook, defensively, is the big difference between him and Coruscant. I mean, I said that the other week. Why is good with the ball, Coruscant does tend to miss tackles. I think Cook's missed... Sorry, McInnes has missed two tackles all year from memory and he hasn't made an error yet. He's got great service. He draws the markers in. He doesn't overplay his hand and I think he's perfect for that arena because he'll get through his work. He'll get your forwards going forward. He can play a minutes and he's not going to miss tackles. And one thing he does probably better than Pete's is get over the ad line, bring his forwards onto the football and draw the markers in. Pete's last year was guilty of just dishing off the deck and probably being good defensively. But in attack, he offered us absolutely nothing and the markers didn't have to be accountable for him. So Um, yeah, McInnes in this one, DeBellin again, Ewan and Akin, all these guys just really threw their hat in the ring um, to show that they should be considered for origin. Vorney again. Uh, Frazell was outstanding. And I've got to throw it out there. Tarek Sims is back to the kind of form that saw him talked about in rep rooms a couple of years ago.
1: Well, he's playing better than Wade Graham. At the moment. And that's
0: what going to get. I'm not sure if it will happen, but the way we talked around a couple of years ago and the intimidation and the mobility and the power of the man, that all seems to be back. And after a couple of years of being injured, he, he looks... Back to where he was or close to. Mm. So, really good effort by them there. A little bit of a scary moment there when it got back to 28-20, though, considering those players went off. So, I will commend the Sharks for a bit of effort there, but they've just got to settle on a spine that we've talked about. They really need to. Um, And those injuries aren't going to help, but we'll see how that plays out for them this week. And Matt Dufty, just before we move on. Wow. Matt Dufty's two tries. Outstanding. He's a fruit. If uh, they keep laying the platform, and i said this before, he obviously needs it because of his size. If they're going to keep laying the platform, the halves give him that kind of good ball – Look out. Yeah. He is lightning. He is an absolute excitement machine. Broncos Warriors, 27-18. Uh, the Broncos, to me, I have to give full credit in this one. They did a job on the Warriors. They killed all the bits and pieces. They've done really, really well the first few weeks. In particular, set starts. I know the wet weather probably helped out in that regard, but to me, the set starts have been one of the most important things for the Warriors, and the Broncos nullified that. They did a really good job on Marmolo, Tua Carter and then on the flip side of that I thought the Warriors were a bit lacklustre with their line speed and their contact and the Broncos were rolling downfield really really easily Corey Oates in particular had an outstanding game um, but they just seemed up for it backs against the wall two losses in the row lots of talk in the media Gillette out Nick Arima out it's one of those situations you see in the NRL all the time it looks like the perfect recipe for them to get bashed and then a team comes out and wins when you just least expect it
1: yeah well, it's a fair point um for me, it was just simple as intensity. I watched this game and thought the Warriors just aren't not there today. It was more of the Warriors of old. Um, Brisbane ran harder, played a little bit smarter. I think Brisbane they shortened their game right up. They relied more on the short pass and the long pass, um, and it just unlocked opportunities for them to to create chances. And it was simple as that for me. The Warriors were you know slightly off, and it was more of what we saw, I guess, last year from them. So. I still think it was but a lot better, but, like error-wise yeah, listen, and completions, and like, I like, still in the game. Out, um, you know, it's been six games and they've had one off game and it certainly wasn't anything no. like as bad as what it's been in previous seasons. Definitely so not. For them, like if that's their off game, that's, that's a good thing. That's because they decent. competed, um, I think it was it got to 16-14, well, not late in the game, but they were in it right up until the last 20 minutes. Um, nothing against... It surprised you. me, but Brisbane surprised me because... They were horrendous the week before.
0: They were just relentless. And I think, yeah. much like the week before, I thought there was some intent there, but their attack was Why did you just I didn't see awful. that coming from Brisbane. But uh, I've got to say, at halftime, I kind of got the feeling that they, if they came out with the right attitude and things pepped up a bit, that it was the Warriors going to take. At 15-14, the two tries were poor misses. No offence. like Roberts just got green off balance in the rain, went straight past him. Oates one one Coming back against the grain was another poor miss. Like, they were two kind of long-distance, clean Blake tries that you just don't expect to see. Um, and I will give you know credit to them for those tries, but the Warriors struck back. Obviously on half time, Blake Green getting that try to square things up. But um, yeah, Maguire for me led the way for the Broncos. James Roberts very very good again. All the Forge chipped in. Izako had a really really good game back in New Zealand. Got his uh, first try and then scored another one later on. But second half, uh, obviously they didn't turn it around. The Broncos more intent again. Killed those set starts. Sorry, started there as well in New Zealand. I don't think they'll be that flat again, but. Uh, losing those two players didn't help either. Poulou's had a great start of the year. He went off. carter has been named this week. Apparently, they said he was going to be out for a month, but he's been named with that ankle. So, yeah, who knows? Interesting They're, to see. It looked
1: as though they had one-on-one this game this Friday night. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, and the Broncos, Milford and Bird, that combination with Nick seemed seemed to just simplify things. Bird just ran the football. That's the most involved he's yeah, that's been.
1: that's what I mean. They just shortened their game up. Look yeah. like they played a lot shorter and simplified it and opened up plenty of opportunities for others.
0: If they're going to move forward with that, I don't really have a big problem with it, simply for the fact that Nickarima does bring something off the bench if they do need it, whereas Bird out in the centres and, and he well, winched Bird, about this. Bird
1: didn't go there to play centre.
0: No, he went there to play six, which is why I was saying the other week, if you're paying him nine hundred thousand dollars, how can you sit him out in the centres? Yeah,
1: you know, I think last week was probably the breaking point and Bennett really had to pull the trigger on it.
0: Yeah, well, it seemed like a bit of furfies to play away from it, but almost knowing that Nick or wasn't going to be playing half this week, whether it was the cork or whether it was not, but straight away this week, he's back on the bench. So, um, you know, pretty good effort by them. And Corey Oates, like I said, him ticko I want to give a rap to him. Maguire, who I think has been good every single week. So, decent effort. And Lodge, again, all the issues, or take all that stuff away, considering the guy's been out for three years and he played cut last year, I think he's been probably their best middle. Pengo had that one big breakout game, but Lodge every week has been chipping away and just doing his job. Yeah, he's so, been he's been pretty solid. Cowboys, twenty seven ten the Bulldogs. Uh, just don't let him in your house. Just shocked. Yeah, don't, don't let him in your house. Most <laughs> definitely not. Yeah. Don't offer him a drink either. No. But uh, Dogs, twenty seven ten. the first half just blew me away. I, I walked away. I watched the second half yesterday when I got home because I was just – I was rattled watching that first half. I couldn't believe what I was watching. The intent from the Bulldogs, <laughs> the amount of possession – and again, they were very simple and straightforward, and they have been under Dean Pay. They ran harder. They got quick play the balls. They bullied the Cowboys, and the Cowboys just looked old and slow. And the most bothering thing for me, um, even after conceding all the penalty goals, the offloads and getting torn to pieces, inside 20 is still the same shit that I've said the last few weeks. It just frustrated me. Halves touching the ball to give it to forwards, slow play the balls, double blocks. Thurston doesn't look like he wants to dig into the line. I know he's back from the shoulder. Morgan, when he's getting on that side, like loaded short sides, they don't have numbers. It's just Granville doesn't look confident. I thought Kurt coming back in offered a little bit something extra, but nothing about North Queensland looks like it's clicking or it's polished. And I've even said it myself, to Tama Those standards, he's been a little bit quiet, but his standard game is still better than just about was, anyone out there. And no, I thought and he was, thought he was exceptional the other night compared mm. to the first few weeks. But besides him, They're I... Rubbish. They've been awful. They are rubbish. I, I can't say much positive like, about anyone else.
1: I can't say a lot positive about the Bulldogs. They were great in this game, but from what I've seen the whole year, they're certainly not an A-class side. And Only they, you no, can they, question they, their effort, though. That's yeah, the main thing. Oh, I get that. But yeah, they look, hammered, the Bull, uh, hammered the Cowboys.
0: They did. They home. really did. They ran all over him, and Woods and Clemmer, so, to be me, honest, embarrassed I, I, their forwards. Woods and Clemmer embarrassed their forwards, and that's you know they they, and haven't, they, they certainly haven't been. No I hard. think Clemmer's been good. Woods has had some question marks, but Woods, when he's offload and getting blokes to the line and tore them a new one, that's pretty sad indictment of the forward pack for the Cowboys this year so far.
1: It just again, it surprised me. Yep. I, the, uh, the first two games on Saturday, I turned the TV, or you know, I was I was out and about in Mudgee, and I didn't actually sit down to see the first two games. in particular, I saw bits and pieces. But when I sat down initially and gone, holy Harry, like what is going on here?
0: And to that point again, to highlight things, Tom Lolo, the only forward over 100 metres. All the rest of them, low figures, no quick play of the balls. Matt Scott in particular. No, it's
1: inexcusable. That's your job. He's hurt. That's
0: your job. The amount of times I saw him retreating or flopping in third man, like laterally, he's just not there after that mm. injury. I know, yeah. I know he's still fresh back, but I said it before. I've had both my ACLs done. It's one thing when you come back straight after not only was he almost ready to go for the grand final already he's had another whole preseason on top of that so he's had a very long period of time here to rehab get yeah, back to his old. best do a lot of stuff at training but I think it's just games age and all that showing after that surgery yeah. like I'm not going to put it down to the surgery itself he's had more than enough time as didn't far as rehab is concerned he have an, is this his second ACL I'm not too sure about that I'm pretty sure I'm
1: pretty sure it is
0: it must have been pretty early on because it feels like he had a pretty clean run of injuries for a long period of time but mm. um, yeah I give full credit to the Bulldogs and. Second half, even when they were down to twelve men, they didn't let the Cowboys score any points. They didn't score while they had that extra man on the field, which is probably an even sadder, in, uh, you know, set of affairs for their attack and the way their forwards going right now. Yeah. Um. The other thing as well, Justin Hodges and all these peanuts that carried on last week about Brandy's comments and blowing out of context and his disrespect. Like he's not questioning his whole career or. The, you know, the first and the pluck. The way he's he's questioned the way he's simply playing this year, off an injury, and his age. Like, the amount of hoo ha this week, and you know, he mm. doesn't have the right to make those comments. The bloke's an international, and origin player, and a premiership winner. He's a great half. So, if anyone can make a comment, it's another half who's won a comp and played internationals and played <laughs> state. Of, like, I don't think anyone else is more qualified to comment on halves. Pretty sure. Brittany Alexander. Eh? So, pretty sure. And then on the weekend, it was more awkward watching that panel because they're sitting there together. He's had another Barry Crocker, and again, no one wants to touch on the subject, but almost just wanted Brandy to bring it up again. So how did everyone think Thurston played? Like, I know other things have to happen around him, but he hasn't been good. And he is getting knocked over a lot more. And he probably doesn't have the confidence in the shoulder, and that's not going to come back instantly. But if this is his last season, I'm not going to be remembering him that way. So for the way for them to blow things out and say it's disrespectful, it's, it's bullshit. They've paid to make comment, if they need to make field, comment, and he's f- made yeah. comment.
1: Yeah, that's it. If, he, if he's on the field, then he's as open to comment as anyone else. Exactly. No one's No one's untouchable. You want to roll out the red carpet when he's playing well. You got to have the balls to call him out when he's not playing well. Yep,
0: thousand percent. Uh, Fire Taylor Mariner. I keep bringing him up every week. I thought he was outstanding. Big fan, very big fan. Well, he's been
1: their best forward this season.
0: Yeah, in buy, uh he's been great all year. I think Foreign Marshall King. I said the other week as well. Watching him in Cup, so solid. Does a great job. Elliot was good uh, all around. I thought the Bulldogs were pretty good, and even the two old dogs, the Morris brothers, they've been really, really good in yardage the first few weeks. But mm. uh, contract year, apparently they're trying to offer themselves as a package deal, even at a, a cut rate that. If you go off the salary cap dramas you're hearing for the Bulldogs and what kind of money they've got left, that doesn't make any sense next year to try and fit everyone in, but um, absolute insanity. Cowboys, one and five. Who would have picked that? No one, that's who. 67% completion compared to 87, 40 missed tackles. No energy, no intent. Raiders, Eels, I don't even want to talk about this game, to be honest. Um, The Eels had enough bull and territory in the first half, in particular, to score points. They just never looked likely. They had more offloads, more busts. It's two set up. The middle's absolutely awful. They've got no quick play the balls. And probably the worst sign was that telegraph kick on the second play. Even though Moses saw that man drop back, he still followed through with it. But between him there's no fluency and in Norman, positions. there's absolutely nothing cooking. Uh, I thought Gutson tried his ass off considering he was the best player on the field. And he was brilliant. And-
1: yeah. Sorry, best player on the field for Parramatta. You know what I've got to throw out there, though? And I will
0: defend Moses to an extent. As much as people Moses don't like him and I wasn't that, a big man. fan of him, the effort's there. I think he Norman hasn't that, had a lot of effort. I, I think agree. there's a lot of forwards that aren't showing any effort. Yep. Tim Manor, why we knock him sometimes. You can't question his effort. It's there. Um, you know, yeah. there's, there's a couple of guys that are all heart right now. But for the majority of that side, they need to have a good hard look in the mirror. And a bloke like Kane Evans, who took a decent pay packet to go over there, walking around the other day. And Bevan French... Did not have a touch until about the 75th minute. I'm going to give Canberra a wrap. Defensive, they've been a lot better the last two weeks. In attack, I thought they could have scored more points. I thought they should have put this one to bed. Um, And full credit to Ricky Stewart and the way he's addressing the last two weeks. They've simplified their game. Caesar is finally in control. Even Austin basically admitted the other night that they've handed the reins there. He's doing all the kicking, which is the right thing. Mm. Rapana Leilua, back to best form. Leilua in particular. Rapana never really went off the boil. I think Tepine's been great. The bench forwards, even Boyd and that coming off the bench, did a better job making an impact. Paul has been better. Um, and, yeah, Austin comes back in, simplifies things, runs the football. Looks great. Papali cops the criticism on the chin. Looked a bit thinner after a few weeks in reserve grade and probably working hard in the gym. One of the best players on the field the other night. So just from an attitude point of view, from the defensive uh, intent, which wasn't there the first three or four weeks,
1: I have to commend Canberra. They were great. They really were. Mm. yeah. Canberra Canberra were good the first four weeks. They just couldn't get out of their own way. But it was just more that those mental
0: lapses, poor defensively on their own line, letting in soft tries, crumbling the last 20 minutes. The last two weeks in particular, I think they've had good intent, especially defensively inside 20 for the whole 80 minutes. Mm. Uh, The quality of the opposition, questionable. No offence to the Bulldogs and the Eels. But this week they've got Souths, who are definitely going to test him inside 20 if they get some football. So this is a decent test this week. And this would be my real gauge of what and how Canberra are going. But... Um, I thought that game was just poor overall and Parramatta in the second half just yeah they didn't look any more likely than the first but in well, the first half try. they had so, so much opportunity in the first half to do something and they just had Parramatta didn't score a try no they didn't score a try they were so, oh, fuck. and even half really actually I have to give a rap to he's grown into that nine role and looked a bit better on the Raiders side of things and you but... look at
1: Newcastle scored 30 against um, the Raiders the Titans scored 30 against the Raiders yep you know, these are sides who I think are borderline top eight sides. Well, The Dogs Parramatta last week, are a side that you would have thought would be a top four side—they can't score a try. Yep, that Do- shows you where Parramatta are at. They're in big trouble. Yeah, Not,
0: uh, nothing is looking. They've made a, a swag of changes this week. We'll go through them later. Parramatta on. have. Yeah, they've made a swag of changes. We'll talk about that and cool. uh, on the Canberra side of things, good turnaround. A real test coming up this week. Panthers-Titans, another one I don't think needs to be talked about a lot, 35-12. But it's not really great when you lose somebody in the warm-up and you've got another bloke who is cleared of his head knock but has already got a head knock coming into the game, Ian Bryce Cartwright. Nathan Peets went off, I think, with a rib problem. I can't remember him coming back. Or if he did, Ash Taylor got a head knock, was on and off during the game. Jayarra couldn't finish the game with back spasms. But after a positive start where they got the first try and led 10-6 after getting the second one, I kind of felt that for the last 20 minutes of the half, it was all Penrith and just that passes weren't sticking. They kept making half line breaks or breaks, but offloads and passes weren't sticking and I really thought they could have blew it out. But that basically is what happened in the second half. They just played right through the guts of the Titans and tore them a new one. Yeah. The forwards were outstanding. Maloney made three or four line breaks. Edwards was great in support. Wallace is doing a really, really good job dictating things with that role in the middle of the field. He's controlling things brilliant. And Tyron Peachy, that's his best game as a six. He wasn't playing sideways like he has before. He yeah. was just going
1: direct. But James Maloney deserves a lot of right. credit for... Huge. ...how Peachy's able to play. Yeah. Um, so... He allows not, him to not, do not that. A lot, not a lot needs to be said about this game. No. Um, and again, Gold I Look, I thought the referee in this game... I know I'm a Titans fan, but I thought the referee in this game was a little bit lopsided in that first half. I thought, you know, the, the, the Panthers were getting a penalty every time... They're in their own end to get out of trouble. Um, and, you know, people sort of say, oh, you're a Titans fan, that's biased. But in the end, I think it was to Penrith's... Um, well, what am I, what, what's the word I'm looking for? It was was to their detriment. Penrith's detriment. Yeah, stop starting when they were rolling. Penrith needed the roll-on. I, I, I tend to think if Penrith had a roll-on in this game, they would have scored 50. Yeah. I, I thought I'm, early in the game... Um, it, it hurt the Titans a little bit because I, you know, I felt as though, you know, they, they were just looking to get those offside penalties out of the way, and then they were going to allow the game to flow. Yeah. Um, and for me, it was just it was allowing Penrith out of their own end, but they were struggling then to score against a, a set defence. Once the game flowed, the referee sort of put the whistles in the pocket a little bit and allowed it to flow. Penrith looked by far the better team, yeah. and. Yeah, that that stop start nature of it that I'm complaining about was actually to the detriment of the Panthers. But I just wanted to see an open game. Like I, I I'd, I'd rather watch a, an open game and see my team lose, or the, than watch a stop start crappy game and watch my team win. I, for me, you know, I I'd go for the Titans, but you know, I don't lose a lot of sleep when they lose because they lose more often than they win. It doesn't really worry me. I'd rather watch a good game of footy. Yeah. And I thought the second half. Even though you know it was my side on the end of uh, end of the tries, yeah, the penalties. I, I, I thought the game was a lot better in the second half, yeah. and a, a lot better officiated, and allowed Penrith to play some footy, and well, it, it proved, it proved. That they, they were they were clearly the better side. And James Maloney nailed it in his interview at halftime. He said, "Look, it's just we're struggling at the moment. There's chances there, you know. Once we get a little bit of possession and." Things stick. there's going to be some points, and he was well, right. The pass
0: is stuck, and it's summed up in two stats in particular, nine line breaks to two and 1,900 metres to 1,100, and I said it. It was all through the middle. Blakes were bursting through, plenty of offloads, plenty of push. Maloney got three or four line breaks. Edwards is the beneficiary of a lot of it. Uh, the versatility in their side. Kikau was on the wing for a couple of plays, for Christ's sake, after Mansour copped that brutal need from Don, which is obviously might cost him uh, an Origin jersey or being in contention for Origin, but... The versatility there, Yo was outstanding the centres, then moved in the back row. Harrow and Ira played some time out there. Peachy at six. And this is the beauty of when Penrith fixed up their junior nursery yeah. and got back to growing their own players or focusing on local products. You're always going to have depth if you have a good nursery out in Penrith. And that should be the case moving forward from what they've set up from now on. A lot of people are asking, oh, how do they get through all those injuries? How do they do this? Well, a lot of clubs just don't have juniors or depth in their juniors full stop. Penrith should always have good stocks, and they do right now. And it was also good, and I've said it a few times in the weekend to see, I think, nine or ten products of that system, whether they're not like locals like Yo from Dubbo, but have come through their
1: system through Matt's Ball Twenties, well, Yo, I remember picking Jose Yo up on a bus, get to go out to the um, Easter Carnival at Ningan, and he was a 17 year old kid who was just looking for an opportunity, and that's a development knockout over the Easter weekend. That I'm not sure, I'm not even sure if it's on anymore, but. Nah. But they've tapped into that area is, but, successfully. But yeah, like he got on a bus and then from there on was in the SG ball, was into 20s, was into reserve. So he has been a part of the system and he's been pinched yeah. out of country footy. But they've and developed it's probably that message that there is a few there from country footy that Pennifer developed. Well Kate Ellis and him both yeah. from Dubbo.
0: They've got Wade Egan, obviously, from Bathurst, but they've they've tapped into that area themselves and put some time taking games out there, taking some junior development out there, getting players involved, and not only that, but then you've got your Crichtons, yeah, your Moses, Layota these guys that are local juniors, uh, Campbell Gillard, Windsor Wolves, etc. So there was nine or 10 guys that have come through the junior yeah. system that played on the weekend, which is another thing that helps your salary cap. Now, as you to go and get these players, like your James Maloney's and that, which is great for Penrith. I and mean, that's, right. that's the answer to everyone out there saying, how do they keep just rolling the way they are right now? They've got their junior crop built up nicely. And when you've got those players there and they're all uh, multi-skilled, good football players, well coached and brought through the system, you can patch up those holes nicely. So full credit to Penrith. Uh, and the last one, Tigers Manly again. Doesn't need a whole lot of summary, but the Tigers were superb. The first half blitz was absolutely outstanding, and you know, it, it's almost embarrassing for um, uh, bloody Manly just the way they played in the first half. Like to get the half time was like a thousand metres to three hundred seventy-five percent to 25% possession. They couldn't get out of their own end. The Tigers ran rough shot and I've got to say, I had a good laugh before kickoff there and Ronnie Palmer had the box of energy and threw that up and they said that their goal was to have a quick start. Well, my God, they had a quick start. They had a very quick start. Madalino was awesome. <laughs>
1: Did you see Ronnie Palmer?
0: That's what I said. He threw the box of energy well, yeah, at. sorry. Where are you? Yeah, you no, know, I
1: thought, <laughs> um, yeah, dif- different. Yeah, yeah, off on a tangent. But yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, Unbelievable. Awesome. They just absolutely blitzed him and all these players again. Madalino with that packer, steps up, lays that platform. Masters again with these offloads. Thompson, Lola here gets drop steps and a fullback, plays awesome. Again, Noffalumi gets his opportunity, outstanding. Benji Marshall, like I, I don't want to draw comparisons to 05, but one of my favorite years of football. Oh dear. One of my still- favorite, One of my favorite years of football, and I'm not even a Tiger sport, I really loved 2005. Like, I rode that the whole way, and I was desperate that they'd win. And when they knocked off St. George, I was like, they're definitely going to win the comp. There's no way they're going to lose this comp to the Cowboys. And that grand final was awesome. But to come back 13 years later now, a completely different player, and even that little dramatic period where he left, he was at the Dragons. He probably tried to still overplay his hand a little bit, but now he's realized that he's not that player to add some control to his game, still running. And he found a couple of tries on the weekend. And then to come back and help Brooks, who to me, and I've said it a million times before and not everyone agrees with me, I thought he was the better of the two. I thought he's a victim of kind of egos around him and not being a big bossy personality or maybe the right coach. but And also a forward pack. He's never had one. Yeah, This year with the right forward pack... A partner that, you know, backs him up and a good coach who clearly believes in him because he was the first one that he re-signed and he's obviously doing a hell of a job. Luke Brooks to me is now the player that we we're talking about four or five years ago. And at the time, wrongly, and I said it then, the fact that he was being compared to Andrew Johns is not fair. No one should be compared to Andrew Johns. Because no one else no one is Andrew Johns. No one should be compared to Darren Lockyer or Cameron Smith in the future. Because there's not going to be another one. If there is, they're
1: going to be. They're
0: be another worldly player. But all their burden the egos around him, and those three guys. Where, where's the other three of the big four? How are they going right now? And yeah, everyone's he going, have... oh, you would have thought at the time I couldn't believe they were going. Ivan Cleary's not dumb. Ivan Cleary put offers on the table for what he thought they were worth and at the same time, he wasn't willing to compromise culture and no. the attitude that he was trying to drive. And those guys didn't want to be a part of it. So uh, forget about names and talent. Look at what they've got right know. now. How many yeah. names are there right now? How many big names are there? There's not, not many, many no. but they've got the right team. They've got the right attitude and they've got the right culture. Yeah, um, And they're playing outstanding football. Like Luke Brooks... Is one of the form halves, if not the form half in the competition right now. He's been outstanding, and Benji Marshall as well. Jacob Little, the little flashes we've got from him now that he's been healthy.
1: He's another um, one. Wait, wait a year or two oh, for him, and he's going to be. He'll be one. Him, on the door
0: Brooks, for a and if they come up with a fullback like Thompson's, I think my age or around there, he's not a long-term solution, but he'll be there still for another four or five years if he plays good football. But in particular, the nine and the seven, the way they're playing right now. Plus Esar Masters Not for Luma A couple of these guys Are going to be around for a while He's got to hold on to them There's a good call And Esar Masters Is one looking at right now That's close to If not the best centre In the competition right now as well mm. And I'm pretty sure The talk is They've got him on Another two year deal So they should strike While the Iron and get in Because there's a lot of clubs That are going to be sniffing around For a player of his quality
1: Yeah
0: um, But what, what else do you say they, they were awesome They were absolutely awesome Manly Back to the drawing board Poor game poor week when you hear these things about Hastings the errors you I thought Tom Travoyevich tried but he made a few errors um, but to come back to the ankle
1: absolutely no way that he was fit ready to go no. to play but it's to like, still
0: make 180 metres and chip okay. in the way he did like, like, you know, it's stupid, a good effort but,
1: stupid
0: uh, their discipline and their errors were were very very poor their completions were poor in general they were just poor uh, funnily enough they gave a debut to Taniela Paseca who was a Tigers junior who went to manly for an opportunity uh, his little short sin you know, I didn't think was too bad, but not a great day to go against your former club and probably try and prove a point when you get towed up at your home ground. So, uh, Yeah, but it's
1: a team game.
0: Yeah, exactly. But their day summed up in their discipline and their poor uh, error rate was summed up with a penalty try at the end of the game, especially, I think, when Little was pulled off the ball by Cherry Evans. yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, Full credit to him. But uh, And talking about Brooks again, the kicking game, the variety of kicks that he has in his tool bag, now that that confidence is back and running the football... He ticks all the boxes, really, as a half, just like we saw coming through. And it's amazing what confidence can do. Things that you just thought, well, he, he's he's offering nothing. Where's all this gone? Where's all this talk about it? With the right players around you, with the right yeah. coach, with everything there, his kit bag is very, very full. Defensively, can be questionable at times, but obviously that with confidence is better. It all comes back to his running game. Running he's game, running the ball. kicking game. Like
1: When he runs the ball, it unlocks everything else for, for Luke Brooks. And yeah, playing some good football. I- yeah, I'm really surprised at how well he's going this early. I thought that Ivan could obviously uh, could get him up to this level, but I didn't expect it to be this quick.
0: Yep, 100% agree with that. And uh, that wraps up our reviews of the games from the weekend. So we'll now move on to some fan questions. And ripping into some of these, the first one we got here is Matt Cherry. What are your thoughts on carrying a hooker like Damien Hook on the bench for origin or does McInnes need to play 80 minutes and have a bench full of middles? We've covered it. I reckon middles. Oh, what do we think? We sh- they should have a utility. Yeah, well, he's yeah, saying, we he's saying just a hooker, purely in Cook or middles. I looked at it the other day and I'd thought
1: carry Peachy because he can cover centre back row. Yeah, well,
0: at least you're not just having pure nine. Yeah. Uh, Arthur cooler, surely if Adam Reynolds is fit, he should be looked at for New South Wales. No, Apart from injuries, one of the best. No, I highly disagree with that no. Arthur. Unfortunately. Uh, as much as everyone hates Pierce, I'd pick Pierce before Reynolds. Nah, he's held together by a sticky tape. He can barely get through a club oh, game. Look, if he,
1: if Reynolds can put together a solid month and not be uh, injured, injured, and that's that'd
0: be you a know, good start. David Hooper says thoughts on Origin bolters for both sides. Well, on the Queensland side, I wouldn't have said he was a bolter the first few weeks, but not the way he's played so far. I reckon Callum Ponga makes that team.
1: Mm. Ewan Aitken for me, is probably a bolter.
0: Yeah, I reckon on the New South Wales side, you can consider him a bolter, or if not, one of those guys we just spoke about. If a Cook or a Peachy gets that bench Sims. spot. Yeah, uh, Sims is probably one. If they don't want to go with Graham as like a background middle player, he can play both those roles. Uh, at O'Carr on a wing, possibly.
1: I think he's a lock. But I now mean, that
0: Mansell's out, I think that's, you know. You know another one I'm going to throw out there? I don't think it'll happen, but Latrell Mitchell's showing so far maybe as a winger, not as a centre.
1: Why wouldn't they pick Latrell Mitchell?
0: There's an option there to pick him on the wing.
1: Would you pick Josh Dugan? No, I wouldn't. No, me either. I don't I'd, be, pick, I'd pick Latrell. And, and this is New what Aiken. I
0: said last week when we talked about the uh, Australian coach picking that front row from New South Wales and picking Josh Dugan in centre. Like you know, I don't think
1: Freddie gives a shit. I don't think
0: he does either. I hope he does, but um, yeah, Luttrell's another one I kind of look at and go, well, if he was in there, it wouldn't surprise me. It really wouldn't. Mm. Uh, Daniel Green, I've noticed, boys, that there seems to be a trend among teams that when a centre goes down, it seems to be replaced with an edge forward rather than a specialist back. Do you think this is a pattern more down to the versatility of the modern forward or the value teams place on specialist centres? Well, there's not really specialist centres anymore. Most centres are back rowers, former back row wingers, or guys that are bigger bodies that are more mobile. So a lot of the guys that are in the back row have played centre previously or may have played on a wing. Yeah, that's um, true. Tony Williams come to the grades playing on a wing now because of what they do in well, yardage. Mitchell Orbison. Yeah, Mitchell Orbison's a guy that can play multiple spots. Den- are you seeing Yeo on the weekend go there? Harrow and Ira coming to the grades, played six, he played one. All over the place. Now he's playing on an edge lock. A lot of back rowers have started off in the outside backs if or they're big enough versa. or vice versa. They go the other way. A lot of back rowers coming through if they're mobile enough and got good hands, good in yardage, they're not playing there. So um, it, it's not not exactly as specialist as it used to be, the centre position. Wayne Stoneman, when a ref. Sin's a player, should the player be made to walk the quickest way from the field? The no. way players take their time leaving the field is wrong. Well. Why they- not? Like, a, well, at the moment, that's the way the rules are. I don't have a problem with it. There's no timing on it. They can't push him off the field or force him to go. It's just the way it is. So uh, It's just one of those things. Just mate. let them
1: tap. Yeah. Let them tap while let he's on the go. field. Who like, cares? What does it matter? If he's not in, impacting the plays, tap. as
0: yeah. Soon as he's behind the line. Uh, Jack Package, chances of Norman going back to the Broncos, hearing he doesn't get along with either Arthur or Moses. Well, their infinite salary cap would need to expand even further yeah, to exactly. fit him in, but the obvious one there that they're talking about was that trade deal for Paula which does make sense to me when you look at it uh, for position side of things compared to value. But Ricky Stewart is the one that signed Norman, and he was gone beforehand. Talk is they need a half, but from the way they were going a couple of weeks ago to what you saw on the weekend, um, you know, moving forward, are they going to have Caesar and Austin there? We're not too sure. So that's a place he could end up going. But the Broncos definitely don't think so. Justin Bryan, who do you think will do the best job as Kiwis coach out of the remaining candidates? It's Tuvi, Daly, or Maguire couple of people commented here saying, What about Stacey Jones, etc.? But apparently, he hasn't. We said
1: Stacey Jones. Yeah, we
0: week. said that as well, but he hasn't applied for the position. So, Oh,
1: you're going to apply, do you?
0: If he hasn't applied or they're what not approaching general. him, and I think he's one of the ones they should be talking to, out of those three, I'd get Maguire. I think he's the best coach out of those Honestly, three. Honestly, I don't care. But Laurie Daly, definitely. If, if
1: it's an Aussie coach, I think I don't care who it is. Pick, pick yeah. any of them.
0: Out of those three, though, Daly or two, I'd be giving it to Maguire, 100%. Uh, Josh Reid, what do you guys think about the a sin bin penalty for simulation, i.e. Billy Slater twice in the last few weeks, blatantly diving? Well, he's not the only one who's done it this year, tried to milk contact with somebody being offside. Was he barely brushed? Yes. But um, whether people are angry about it or not, they call it games and shit. I'm a Melbourne fan. I'm more than happy to say that I'm not a big fan of when he's done it. But simulation and, and the way people have carried on the last few weeks, like he's got a bin out of it, yes. But I think everyone's making way too much of a big hoo-ha about it. Um,
1: you know what? If you're the player, don't grab him or don't...
0: Don't even put your get, arm out. Exactly. Just, yeah. Just put your hands in the air. And I still don't like what he's done, but yeah, I think, again, this is another one of these targeted things Stupid. where it's a Melbourne player, it's Billy Slater, it's a Cameron Smith. Everyone just likes to make a big hoo-ha when anything involves one of those blokes. So, uh, yeah. James McQueen here, The Rabbitohs are the top four dark horse. Granted, they are 3-3, three and three, but lost to the Warriors, Dragons, and Penrith. Currently 1-2-3. Should have beat Penrith and almost beat the Dragons without semi. Mate said it before. Must say from the draw, and they've been competitive every week. And you've just highlighted it, one, two, and three. Uh, the depth of their squad's questionable. Kyle Turner, Jason Clark, these kind of guys—they're all solid footballers. But um, you know, go beyond that. You know, is that enough to get you to the top four? I'm not too sure. Can the twins be consistent every week? Um, certainly, plenty of talent in the halves, the back line and on the edges. But more question over the front row depth and the depth beyond that. Mm. I reckon they're a top eight side. I don't know about top four though. Brock,
1: top eight. Yep.
0: Uh, Sean McCann says, what happens first, Saints lose or Parramatta win? Well, Parramatta this I week. I think it'll both happen this week. You reckon they'll both happen this week? There you go. Brock's hung it out there. Wow. Big call. Uh, Matteo Grasso, how do you rate Dylan Edwards at Penrith? He's come in and played really well as Moylan's replacement. Seems to be low maintenance, doesn't carry on with much ego. Also noticed every kick goes his way because opposition teams don't want Penrith's big outside backs to return the ball. So he gets a lot of through a tough work.
1: Your well, we, we said Penrith should move Moylan on because we knew the value of Dylan Edwards. You said so it for two we said years. it for two years. So it doesn't surprise us at, at all. Said a hundred times,
0: blokes. Matt Moylan is overrated. At the back, need to be able to carry the football or do the tough stuff. He does that more so than he does ball playing and he's going to develop that. And he yep. pushes through the middle. And he's a good kid. He ticks all those small boxes and he is low maintenance because he is a good kid. And kicking to the back three, I don't think they target him on purpose because he's a great kick return person. You can't really pick anyone. And get a good result against Penrith. You know, the,
1: the 20, 20 side that I was involved with, he was like player 50 in that squad. One of the last picked. And in and two
0: years, he turned it he,
1: around. He was one that, you know, you think he, he'll, he'll make it to Christmas and he'll get cut. And he... I've never seen a player work harder or do more in order to put himself in a position to make a team. Once he got there, he filled multiple positions. Then he got a spot um, on the wing. Got a spot on the wing. Then the year after, he was won one full a fullback. yeah. Played again the year after, um, and then moved into reserve grade. Won a comp in reserve grade last year. Had a little bit of footy, obviously, in the NRL as well. And then now look at him. Yeah, outstanding. Uh, Kate Ellis is the same. Exactly the same.
0: Touching yeah. on that, like I said, they're not kicking him on purpose. Like, who do you kick to? Dallin's good on return. Mansell's good on return. Crichton has showed that he's powerful on return, and so is Edwards. You've got to pick your poison when you kick the back through. They're not kicking him or targeting him on purpose. i give you the tip there. Mm. Uh, Andrew Wales, some big injuries all of a sudden for Canola. Can they make it still in 2018? Titans improving. Do you think they can
1: string four in a row? Uh, the Sharks can still make it. I, well, the Titans are good, but I, don't I think, can't see the Titans. I think the Titans can make the eight. They can't make the top four. Stringing four in a row, I don't know if you mean good performances or wins.
0: I don't think they can string four wins in a row. I couldn't see that. They're going hey, to be a team that's competitive week to week. But come I, on, mate. Yeah. Don't think that's going to be Slugging happening. My team. Uh, injury tolls for the Shark is going to hurt, but they can still make it. There's plenty enough talent. They just need to settle on a side. We keep saying it. Jay Smith, thoughts on Dane Gagai at South so far? I think he's been good. Quite. I don't think he But he's been, I think he'll
1: be better. He'll get better as, a, as the season wears on.
0: He's fitting into a new side. He's been playing on an edge. He's played wing centre. I thought the first few weeks he was really, really good. But, um, you know. he have been quiet. It is a fairly new side. Jamie Dutton, you guys may cover this in your set of six, but if a player is sin-bin for repeated penalties, i.e. Cartwright, then surely the next penalty should have the outcome, i.e. Mitch Rain on Sunday. So you talk about getting people binned yeah.
1: straight after a binning There's wall.
0: There's no real process with it, is there? Like This is why I keep bringing up the five-minute sin-bin, because then maybe you will drop two players quickly in a row and punish the team for a short period of time, but they may concede yeah. one or two very quickly. The 10-minute sin-bin they're getting away with it right now going bang 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 and giving that one bloke a walk but yeah then they'll concede two more after that anyway it just goes back to the same room mm, yeah and I will say on the weekend that why I've backed the referees there was two examples that I wasn't happy with I messaged you during the Raiders game yeah it was seven nil in the second half and once that game seemed over at eighteen two it, it was very convenient that there was four quick Happened penalties in the game as well. That rucks that I didn't think were that bad were blown to bin Bateman all of a sudden. Yeah. And then the Titans game, you're right, when Penrith were blowing that out, it was bang bang bang, three or four that were no different to yeah. any other in the Which ruck Which
1: annoyed me because as I said earlier, yeah. I thought Penrith got the rub early in the in the game. So Yeah. Uh, but Zach- Penrith by far the better team. It's more from a viewer standpoint, and I want to see the game flow.
0: Yep. Zach Maitland, do you guys think the of players for infringements could be made black and white to help stop some of the whinging and make it more consistent? E.g. penalty one is just a penalty. Penalty two is a warning. Three, Sinbin straight You away. know
1: the other one? Like I don't want to go on a rant here. Okay. But what shits me is that the referees say, oh, we want an even penalty count. Well, how the fuck does not even penalise work? I said this to you the one team, If one team is bad... Yeah, you deserve team is, cop it. You cop it on the chin. I don't give a shit. Even if it's my team that gets penalised 16-2, yeah. if we deserve it, we deserve it.
0: And I said that to you when I watched that game. I can't remember which one it was the other night and I had the shits. If, if Parramatta... It was the Parramatta one. Yeah. If they've been that much worse and it's 7-0... Bad luck. And you've deserved it, I don't care if you come coming last. That's right. And you feel, oh, this team's getting hammered. If you are ill-disciplined constantly pushing the boundary and punishing yourself, you should get lapped by 40. Yep. It's the NRL. It's not park football. We're not giving participation awards. We're not patting people on the back and going, oh, we feel bad for you. You are a professional to avoid rugby league player. You have stupid. a full-time job. If you lose the penalty count like 17-5 or something stupid, that's on you. That's yep. on your team. That's on your players. And, I, yeah, it's, it's very annoying. Uh, on that, though, the, the three penalties and straight for a sin bin, I don't know about that. I think the three penalties... And a sin bin would more be inside 20. If there's three infringements quickly inside the 20-meter zone, I'm probably more for that. And also the Super League rule, and I think Vossi talked about it on the weekend. Stop killing the flow of the penalty and going to talk to the player and warning them they do the big windmill in the Super League, and you watch more of that than I do. And that is the warning that the next penalty is going to the bin. Mm. Keep the flow going. Don't put stop it there. Don't kill the flow of the game. Don't bring the captain over for a chat. Uh, Diego Montoya. The refs need to be mic'd up better. I'm sick of trying to guess what a penalty was given for. Each blow of the whistle should be followed by a clear call from the ref. Penalty against the team for this infringement doesn't have to stop everything like it does in the NFL, but something halfway between that. Because at the moment,
1: I uh, don't give them a mic. I don't want to hear any yeah, anymore. I don't want to hear anymore. I'm. I'm their job yeah. is to be invisible, not seen more. Yeah,
0: 100 percent agree with that. David Spadaro. It's unbelievable how many good attacking fullbacks there are. Who are your favourites to watch? Turbo, Teddy, RTS, Ponga, Duffy, Slater. If you're gonna say right now, this uh, year it's
1: been Ponger It's been
0: Ponger and Sheck. Mm -hmm. I think Sheck's been pretty good and and Dufty's been a beneficiary of a very, very good
1: side and taking advantage of the space around him. So yeah, for me to be Dufty and Ponger because they're virtual unknown. So I am just liking fresh faces.
0: Yep. Agree there. Steve Morkoff probably talk about this more before the questions, but what's the story of Trent Knuckle Nick fighting with the roosters? Uh, Could this be the end Of Trent as a coach Well Well, You
1: you want to fight With Uncle Nick You don't want to get On
0: the wrong side Of Politus. But yeah Obviously Jake Friend's One of his favourite sons And a redemption story From what happened In the past And Radley uh, Apparently Is you know One that Robinson's A much bigger fan of And he's been getting The biggest share of the minutes So if that's enough To make or break things That's pretty petty On Nick's side of things But Who'd be surprised? When you're a big wig and you've got money and you're running the club, you're the head honcho. That's right. If it's he's his, going to, it's if, his Tonka trust. If he's going to push that onto uh, Robertson, it's going to be his decision whether he wants to follow that or not. And I heard some things today where people were bringing up if that happened, would Jason Taylor get the job? And I laughed. at thought, well, Tedesco wouldn't be too happy about that, would he? No. Nah. Um, yeah. It's, it's pretty petty, but surely they can get out of that. And... You Maybe know, they could get like David Fart
1: logo as an assistant coach.
0: Nick Polite at the end of the day, it is his club, it is his decision. But if Radley's playing better and he's on a lot less money and you've locked him up for two or three years and no, no, friends playing the poor, then yeah, let your coach do his job. So uh, Stephen Good, is there a bus stop outside the fifth and last studios, boys, asking for Ivan, Lol. <laughs>
1: uh there is. We've got no problem with Ivan. We wrap Ivan all the time. No, I think I think he's he's saying that we we like the uh we like the Tigers. We like the Tigers. We do like the Tigers. We like, Tigers. We like Ivan Cleary. We're big fans of
0: Ivan Cleary. Rightfully so. He's doing a hell of a job. Dre Strasberg, obviously you guys don't know everything that is going on, but as a coach, how would you guys handle things at Paramount? Well, I think the big thing is not so much just the on-field thing. Like You can address that and have as many pep talks and whatever you want, but if there's issues within the group or there's ego between the halves and bits and pieces like that, I'm just having a big honesty session. I want everybody in. I want everyone to be blunt open and honest and you're all adults I want people to clear the air if there's any issues that need to be noted out in particular with the halves I want it out in the air Um if there's egos there and bits and pieces if I'm him and that's the case like I said earlier and people aren't getting along I'm going to own it as a coach and I'm going to try and make moves if this year's basically the right I have to try and right the wrongs for the next season but the big one for me right now is the front row recruitment uh, has been poor Mana can't do the job. Uh, Alvaro is not up to the job. They've got no leg speed. They're not dynamic at all. And Kane Evans has been a flop so far. So uh, Suya Matungi, Penny Terrapo, these couple of guys at least have some leg speed. Even Kenny Edwards, if I have to play him as a front row, those guys are all on my team right now. Because the one area they're really lacking
1: is in the middle. The axe would have fallen for me after the Cronulla game. Yeah, Corey Norman would have got the flick, uh, and then from there the other players go, okay, that's where the line is. I think he's put too much faith in these players for a long period of time. And then now it's sort of like, well, you've gone past the point of dropping them. If you drop them now, you're like, well, why didn't you drop them a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, so, why didn't you do it already? It, but I think, uh, well, he has wheeled the axe this week, has he?
0: Yeah, there's we a few players. Before,
1: but but the halves are still there. A lot of it is, yeah. Uh, and then the the question, you know, Brad Arthur would say, well, I don't really have a half that's as good yeah, as Norman. Both Scott, and for me, and French. I'm, I'm just not sure whether that's where you've got to find that balance between performance and making a statement. Yeah. You know, okay, just because we you want to win and you think he's the best half, I get that, but also there's got to be standards that are enforced.
0: And if there's already under strain, you, though, I guess if you drop him, is that the final straw? Does well, he, maybe it is. Maybe, maybe that's what does the he side stay needs. there and, you know, just who comes up? Like, because you, you can't tell me that you okay, so if you six? drop
1: one player out of that side, yep. There's not one clear player that was worth dropping out of that team. Like, I know Bevan French wasn't great. Oh, he was awful. But other players, the player dropped would then build resentment going, well, okay, well, I didn't have my best game, but neither did he, he, he or he. And yeah. then that's what sort of starts to well, breeze both Scott was another one, but, um... So it's just dangerous for me. I think you've either got to be all in and you've got to have standards and you've got to let that axe drop, unless it's a captain or unless it's a you know, state of origin, international, like there's there's guys that earn their stripes and guys that earn six weeks. But for me, there's a lot of players at Parramatta who didn't earn six weeks worth of bad performances before they were dropped. So, that's probably the only thing that I'd look at and go, oh, I'm surprised he hasn't dropped people, but I'm sure that Brad Arthur would have an argument as to why he hasn't.
0: Norman's your statement dropped, though, if it
1: happens. And I'm with you. I would have dropped Norman after the Cronulla game.
0: They don't have anybody else there, but if they did do it right now, you'd basically have to put Gafferson, I think, in the six, and then do you play Hayne at the back? He's fresh off an injury. Well, that's what I'd be doing. He's on big money. Well, I wouldn't, to be honest, and he's been injured, and that's not just the reason why. A guy like Hoffman for me, when he was in there, was just full of effort for a week or two. I just put a couple of guys at like that in there yeah. and see how Norman reacts. And if he doesn't react the right way, well, then it is a write-off. And if Canberra want him, I'm trying to get something done. Yeah. Um, but he needs to make a decision pretty soon because, to be honest, if it's going to be a write-off, like I said, you've got to start planning for the year ahead. Yeah. If Paulo's coming back I and mean, that's an option and you definitely need a front row, well, I'm making moves towards that. Um. Alvaro only signed for one more year. If I could somehow bail out of that and go find somebody else, I'm trying to do that as well. But uh, that's an area that needs to be addressed. And Hooker. Hooker's still an issue. Richard and King have Peets back. do a solid job, but uh, they need more, but they also need front rolls. Uh Robbie Ryan, after the Broncos win over the Warriors on the weekend, has their bubble been burst? The Warriors, I'm guessing to no. talking about. Definitely not. They're going to be a decent side for the rest of the year
1: from what we've seen. We're also getting into the territory where there's going to be sides more desperate than others. And yeah. the Warriors have got five out of six. Yeah. Do they really need to win that game? No. Nah. Brisbane, did they really need to win that game? Absolutely. Yeah. Pressure, got top injuries, eight. plenty of yeah. talk. They responded. So you're getting into teams now that will face each other. Some will need to win. Some, nah, yeah. you know, we could win. but. And I think
0: the bigger question for me, and I said this to a couple of people over the weekend, they didn't think of it this way. I'm more questioned Brisbane, that why do they have to constantly needing things to be talked about in the media and spurred up for them to play a good game? It's it not took sustainable. That, it's not that, sustainable. Yeah, but it took that for the Cowboys' get result to happen, and it took that for the weekend to happen again. You can't just find drama It's, and it's, spin. Not, it's not sustainable. No, most definitely not. Uh, Daniel Friend, the John Sutton try had two lead runners, a bloke turning back inside, and Reynolds faked the kick and then passed. It was something different, and the defence had no clue. Why don't coaches try more than just the block, block bullshit? Some I love do. the quote. Some do. We say block, block bullshit every week. Some and, do. Some do. Ivan Cleary's definitely, uh, you know, throwing some different shapes out there in
1: different bits and pieces. And full credit to C-Bull. Um But yeah. you've also got to understand, like coaching outside this year, you get kids and they've been coached the block, block shit their whole life. That's while. all they you know. 14, 15 year fifteen-year-old kids, and you put them into an edge v edge drill, and you say, boys, just play footy. And, they've got no and idea. what do you think they do? Block, block. They go and play block, block. So it's not necessarily my coaching. I look at it and go, Jesus Christ! Like, do they not have any football in them at all? Yeah.
0: Look up. Use so your and eyes. then you've
1: got to go in, and then you've got to coach them. Okay. So if you're going to run that shape, that's fine. But there's got to be four or five different options, spins, changes on that. You know, whether it's a double lead, whether it's a, an inside ball, whether it's whatever it is, whether it's a cutout face ball, whatever. whatever. But the imagination of our young kids, particularly in New South Wales and our halves in terms of our development, isn't up to what it is in Queensland. Um, so for me, it comes back to our junior coaching.
0: Yeah. I uh, don't disagree with you at all. Ben Stark, who would you select on the wings at par? Well, first and foremost, they've got much bigger
1: problems than their wing
0: mm. at the moment. That's for sure.
1: I like Kane on the wing because he could be a similar type of player to Rad Radra. Obviously not on the same level, no, but, but he's a big body, can give you some yardage carries, but he, he needs to have that. He, he needs, needs to have be. some a work ethic and a want to yeah. do that. And he needs
0: to be healthy, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I think Jennings has been pretty good so far. Jennings it? has Jennings been. Jennings is at least trying. I didn't think Hoffman was doing much wrong when he was there, but if it's not one of those guys and Orvar, I thought Orvar was one of their better players coming out of yardage when he was playing on the wing, but um, at the moment they've got bigger problems in the wing. Christopher Hill, what do you attribute to the Cowboys' form? Uh They have had a consistent side. The World Cup commitments were no better or worse than others. Their forward pack have been slow in attack and defence. And they seem to have lost all the combinations. Considering half their starting 13 are off contract. there you go. This should have been the year of extra effort. You've just touched on half the points I said when we talked earlier on. So uh, someone's on the same level. Mate, good luck putting your finger on it, because everything you've just brought up is the same thing we've said in our preview. And um, yeah, I think the combination of age is a little bit of a couple of those guys coming off some injuries. Losing McLean early on didn't help, but there just seems to be a real lack of energy. And a, a lot of people have brought up this week that Paul Green re-signing or not re-signing would have a big thing to do with it. Half the time you're not looking at who the coach is. Or when I was there, I didn't really look, you know. You're getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars in some cases. If the coach is your excuse for not playing good football, um, and especially in their situation, got, they're kidding themselves. Yeah. They really are. Tim Mitten... Blatant diving in the game for penalties and semi-defences. Also, the new trend of dummy half passing into players, getting out of the ruck, blatantly to milk penalties. So that should cover Gallant, Slater, Seguiara, etc. More of a comment than anything else, but, mate, the, the blatant ruck thing's been there for a while. I'm not a big fan of it, but that's gamesmanship, much like uh, the falling over the 10-minute thing. Players looking for advantages, and that's what they do when they play first grade. Exactly. Um, they're playing for sheep stations. They're playing for big bickies. It's, it's a business. It's their career, so why don't agree with it? They'll do anything they can to gain an advantage. Um, and now moving on to some of the Twitter stuff there's a bit going on here I think the Buckster he says the 7-0 penalty count the first 20 minutes of Melbourne Newcastle was it deserved I can't fathom that one team deserved 80% of possession over the other Melbourne with a better side but 7-0 in 20 minutes is ridiculous and he also brought up Slater's dive I think again it's games and shit other people have milked those so far I can't name names but there was one or two I saw in the earlier weeks I think people are cooking up to be a much bigger deal than it is. The penalty count, well, they rolled over the top of them. Yeah, early. They, did. they yeah. got first they possession and they monstered them. 7-0, was it a bit ruthless? Possibly. Have the referees been ruthless? Yes, that is the standard that has been set earlier on the year. Um, I thought that is bullied them. So can understand somewhat of the frustration, but to another extent, um, yeah, yeah, desperate team at home, not starting off quite well. And uh, yeah, they were dominant very early and put their foot down. Exactly. Portstar, why the hell do we pay attention to anything Buzz says? Well, we certainly don't. We don't. don't. We're blocked
1: anyway. Fuck you,
0: Buzz. Matt White, another bloke on here, says first person I blocked on Twitter was Buzz. Yeah, he's at Mock. So yeah,
1: gets on there, like bags out the game, and And then then apologizes, like you're you're fool. All over the joint. Sean McBay sweats and shakes, and I, I don't understand how how anyone on a television network would think it's a good idea, apart from the fact that they're mates with him or whatever it is, whatever the prior relationship is. He's not worth a grain of salt in terms of his journalism. It's all gossip and shit. It's not, he never writes an intelligent rugby league article. No. It's all trash. It's buzz. buzz. It's trash. Monday buzz. Like
0: Saint and Sinner and sh- all this kind of stuff. It's NRL
1: like- gossip's pumping out better stuff yeah. than him, and I mean, it's not even their full time job. Like, no. get real,
0: buzz. Uh, Sean McBay, Jared Hain, fairly or not, will forever be compared to 12 weeks of Jared Hain 09. Is it the same thing going to happen to Michael Morgan and the 12 weeks that were the epitome of his career last season? Well, I think the fact that he didn't win a Dahlia medal and go on to those similar heights, and Hain had already done that before and been a bit of a prodigy player, maybe not so much removed from it, but people are going to look back to that time, I guess, at stages in the next couple of years. If he never finds that form now, he's inherited that big million-dollar contract, I guess, from say, so, you know, Jonathan Thurston. But Hayne had a little bit more pride of that, I guess, was more of a prodigy, more rep football, more of a superstar, I guess. So, yeah, he's never going to live that. And he's won two Dahlia medals, so there is more expectation. But yeah, uh, you do make a fair point. I will give you that. Uh, JDHD, he's bringing up Jackson Hastings, which we've basically touched on. And, made it is more of a personal thing more than anything. Uh, just himself, if, if if he can't QO or sort out his own issues or his personality sort of stuff, he's definitely not going to be playing first grade. Benny Stora says, Josh Reynolds, should the kid be playing for the West Magpies this weekend? He is not a nine, and Jacob Little is an 80-minute player. I wouldn't break the Marshall-Brooks combo up. Well, we've talked about Marshall and Brooks. We wouldn't break that combo up. Little's not an 80-minute player just yet. He's better off getting share line of the minutes, and Reynolds is out this weekend, so it's not a big deal, and God knows there to share the minutes with him. Little will develop into an 80-minute player, though. Chris Cohen, Ronnie Palmer, have you boys had any involvement with him? Seems like a top bloke to have around the club, and I'm sure he'd have a yarn to spin. He's been around long enough and been through plenty of clubs.
1: I had a little bit to do with him at Penrith. Um, the year I was with 20s and he was with first grade. But, um, yeah, not, not a great deal, no. No,
0: nah, I've never liked him. Like but seems like
1: a cracker. He's a cracker fella. You don't no. stay around for
0: 20, 30 years like he has with the Roosters, New South Wales, Australia, Parramatta, now the Tigers and Penrith if you're not doing a good job or if you're not well-liked. Yeah. Clearly, he's well-liked. Uh, NRL Know-It-All says he's 5'8", a position that improves with age. Green, Maloney, and Marshall all over 30 and killing it.
1: Oh, in terms of your intelligence, yes, but you need your body to back it up. And, you know, they're, they're just lucky that they're, they've been sustainable physically and still able to to do what their mind now knows what should be done, I guess. So the, the things that you learn through a long period in the game that um, the only way you get that sort of experience and in intelligence is by playing for a long period of time. So yep. I'm sure that Benji wishes he had the intelligence now on his shoulders, you know, back in probably those years where they had a side that should have won probably another competition, probably from 08 to 2012, where there were a few missed, missed opportunities. Well, I
0: also think he never quite had a partner again, like Scott Prince. No, they had true. Louis and a couple other guys go through And Maltzen, who had big raps, and Australian schoolboy, and he wasn't healthy. So I, I wouldn't
1: put it all on Benji. No, no, I'm not saying it's no, all no, on Benji, I'm but saying, I'm just saying I, I around think him, though, that he'd wish that he had that sort of head on his shoulders. Probably more game management. Six, he was a little more erratic ago. still then. Uh, yeah, uh, he was. Pushy on um,
0: So, uh, Steve, our coach Tim Cheens, has said. He's going to have to go on the market for a nine. Do you fellas Now, of any players willing to come over to the Super League mid-season? <laughs> Top of my head. I, I don't really have anybody I can talk about. It's only six weeks into the NRL, so it's a bit early to be making calls about players that will leave. Calls of Pritchard. As far as a, a player who's playing cup and looking for an opportunity to play first grade, Craig Garvey's one who's been a couple of clubs who went to the, the Raiders, was the fittest in the club the whole off-season, still hasn't found an opportunity yet over half yearly, so... Um, the fact that he can't get a run off the bench or even sub in there, would he be willing to move just yet? I don't know.
1: What about Sione Katara at Penrith? Yeah,
0: I guess, but he's still kind of in the mix there. Egan and they played on the weekend. Levi, yeah. So I, I don't really have any off the top of mate. I could tell you right now, champion. <laughs> I haven't seen much of the cup this year because I've been able to commentate it uh, as much. We're doing it this weekend though. So for anybody out there, if you want to tune in, uh, three pm this weekend, steelsports.com.au We're doing the West Magpies. We're coming first in New South Wales Cup against the Newcastle Knights. Uh, what do we got here? Triple eight s accounts is asking me any uh, other words besides outstanding. So he's giving
1: you a little bit of a, a I, bit of a rocket.
0: I use outstanding fairly often, don't I? Well, I do
1: like. I tell you, I'll come in for you here. It's one of my favourite words. If, uh, other alternatives to the word, <laughs> other alternatives to the word, fantastic, brilliant, stupendous, excellent, magnificent, super, excellent, super, whatever. There's a few there. But listen, mate, come on. Where's your podcast? Let's not get picky. Where's your podcast?
0: Oh, I'm not even worried about the podcast. He could
1: jump. On, he could jump on his podcast and not use the word outstanding. You can't hate on me for using one word. Come on. Yeah, we don't. We don't need keyboard warriors. Come on, mate. Off the off the soapbox.
0: Love your work. Cheers for the call. you don't love you don't love his work.
1: <laughs> He's a niff nuff. He's uh, picking you up because if that's the biggest issue you got this week, then you're going alright, mate. Yeah. Come on. He'll try and tone down his use of the word outstanding. I'll try. I'll try and use magnificent and other things more often. I think we've handled that outstandingly. I I have been known in the past to spray people on Twitter.
0: Yeah. Ah, I'm not really fussed by it. Jason Jack Bloke, what are your thoughts on Ivan Cleary, coaching New South Wales, if Freddie fails? Well, you get a bit ahead of yourself. Freddie has coached crashed oh, again. Yeah. Uh, Jason. And on top of that, it's a full time job. I think we've we've learnt that in the last couple of years, so wouldn't be uh, jumping on that just yet. But Dennis Daniel, Cronulla supporters are going through what Warriors and Rooster supporters all suffer. Jimmy Maloney withdrawal syndrome. I was so annoyed when he left the Roosters. Seriously, how good is he? Good player. He's been playing some good football. There is absolutely no doubt I reckon he's outstanding. He's outstanding. (laughs) He is definitely outstanding. Well, that wraps up all the fan questions. Thanks to everybody out there. And now we'll move on to Mr. Gossett and what he's got for us this week. And then, obviously, our betting and tips segment, thanks to the Pro Sports Syndicate. Uh, The offer out there, like we said before, $99 for your first month there. And if you don't get a return on profit percentage, you get the next month for free. These guys are full-time punters, full-time gamblers. They analyze this stuff. In the NFL this season, they had a 27% profit margin. Everyone's struggling with the tips right now. And I think I had a look. They're down 8% for the year so far. But on the weekend, they were above for the bets they had. I think they outlaid. Uh, a decent amount close to $1,800 I think they come out three, 400 ahead for the week so considering that's pretty good but yeah. things are going to become easier to pick over the next couple of weeks and we'll go through some of their stuff but uh, Mr. Gossip and in the bag for us this week he has a bit about Jackson Hastings that we've already kind of gone about before uh, the dramas there might turn in his favour with apparently Ricky Stewart keen to get oh. somebody else in so Ricky. Ricky, he's brought a few down there that have had some troubles in the past. He, he's keen to roll the dice. Uh, there you go. We're talking early on, someone who might be interested. It's no guarantee, but Ricky Stewart the Canberra Raiders, may be wow. a club interested in picking up Jackson Hastings. Dean Pay is apparently keen on Lachlan Coot. I heard a bit about this last week, but that's not to play fullback. Obviously, and by doing a great job there. It's to play in the sixth jersey, and we've seen him play as a bit of a second half at times at North Queensland, but...
1: He's not a half.
0: Your thoughts there, bro.
1: He's not a half. Well, I
0: I go back to what I've said before about Moylan, a lot of guys, defending in the front line. Yeah, Defending in the front line, that's a big ask for someone of Coot's size with the injuries he's had. He's had peck tears. I've got a little
1: bit of advice for Dean Pay. You want a six? Go and buy a six, not a one. That would be my best advice for you, mate.
0: Not not bad advice. Not bad advice at all. God. Uh, Pangai Junior is being chased by Parramatta apparently now. And my God, do I don't need, blame him. They need some front rowers. There's no they doubt about that, and they could do a lot worse Penny than Peng I Jr. for them this
1: weekend. Any <laughs> <quite laughs> sure. transfer
0: right now? Yeah, uh, and he's also touched on something we spoke about earlier. All or not well at Parramatta in particular. Corey Norman and his attitude is wearing thin on Brad Arthur. Mister Gossett would not be surprised if we have another him or me situation very soon. So, yeah, well, well, play footy, Corey.
1: Play good footy. That's your job.
0: Oh, I'm not arguing with her. I'm definitely not arguing with her. Hopefully he and can. I love him. I, yeah. Yeah, well, big fan of him. A couple of years ago, he was heading towards what seemed like a Dallium season. So yeah. before uh, he got himself in trouble at the back
1: end of the year, he was definitely. But that probably comes back to these issues, doesn't it? You know, what do you do, mate? What do you do? Right. There's not much
0: you can do, but moving on now to our betting and tipping segment box head and our tips from last week, we all got four. Uh, I'm on 29 now. You're on 26. And Mr. Gossip, he's on 21. He hasn't had a crash at the start of the year. No, nah, he's... He's tipped the Eels almost every week. He's living under a rock. He keeps going back for the Eels, doesn't he? But this is a big thanks to the Pro Sports Syndicate. We have to give them a thank you also on the fact that they took up our charity account. We bring that up every single week. We're two from six so far. and It has been pretty hard to pick a winner, but the two wins we have got were quite decent. So yeah. I think we've got about okay. 200, 250 in the kitty yeah. so far. So. Not too bad, but uh, the Pro Sports Syndicate, like we said before, special offer for our fans, $99 for your first month. If you don't get a percentage of profit on your return, you get your next month free. No locking contracts, cancel any time. Uh, having a look, some of the bets they took on the weekend and that they got some wins up on, North Queensland and Canterbury, uh, they took the handicap that for the full game line. That's an outlay of $200 that they put on that one at a $1.91. 182 back in your back pocket. Uh, again, the handicap. They took the line in the Manly Tigers game to center bet. Come up again there with another win of a $100 outlay, $95 profit on top of that. In total, though, I think I looked here. They had a couple of bigger stakes on bets, which got them ahead for a total of about 18 bets. I think they only won eight, but a couple of the ones they outlaid heavier on they won. So $300 in the first half line in the North Queensland uh, versus Dogs game. That brought them a nice profit of almost $300. There so yeah. This week, they got ahead a couple of hundred dollars, which brought their season total close up to about minus 8%. But it has been a rough start to the yeah. year. And no doubt again, these blokes do this for a living. So if
1: you've been a hundred dollars, you've got 92 back.
0: They're not just trying to sell a product here. These guys actually live off this. So let me tell you, they will be trying to turn it around. And if they're making a living off it, they're doing pretty well. Yeah. So Matty and the boys at the Pro Sports Syndicate, we appreciate your support and especially, like we said, for the charity account side of things. But jumping into the tips, the first game is the Dogs versus... The Roosters this week, Uh, looking at the lineups with that one. Obviously, some of the changes there on the Rooster side of things. Finally, Reece Robinson has been pushed out of the side. And uh, you've got Orbison going into the centers there. Joseph Manu is on the wing. Uh, Rhea Hargraves is on the bench. And Ted Avano is starting. Frank Paul is in on the bench for his first start after coming back from England. And in the extended bench, Aho has been named in 19. So after what looked grimmed, maybe he might be playing this week. But 100, percent that had to happen. That Reese Robinson had to be out of the same. That had to happen. <laughs> on the Bulldogs side of thing, no changes and no surprise. They won last week. So yeah, in this one, it's been week on week off for the Roosters. I'm going to give them uh, the benefit of the doubt in that situation. They're going to tip them, but Roosters. The, the way they're, the, they're the Bulldogs, they are. But the way the Bulldogs have been playing, if they bring that effort and that energy again, it wouldn't surprise me. Well, they me. will. Nothing would surprise me. They could play me.
1: spoiler, but it'd be on the Roosters' shit performance, yeah. I think.
0: Mr. Gossip agrees. He's also on the Roosters, and the odds, thanks to the Pro Sports Syndicate, $1.45 for the Roosters, $2.80 the Dogs. Minus 6.5 is the line. $1 to 12 Roosters, $3, $4. Dogs, 13-plus Roosters, two sixty-seven fifty dollars $7.50 for the Dogs. Warriors versus Dragons. I got excited and was really hoping that this game would be the battle of the undefeateds, but the Warriors last week, obviously going down, losing a couple of plays in the process. The Dragons marching on, Against the Sharks, but a big ask nonetheless against a, time that's a team that is five and 5-1 and playing in New Zealand box heads. So uh, On their side of things, Carter has been named, despite the fact they said he would be out for a month. So see what happens there. Um, on the extended bench, they've got chance Nickel, Klogstad, and obviously Anthony Gelling, who was on the bench last week. He played centre for Wigan for a while there. So a couple of options there. Um, Simon Mennering starts in the back row to replace Pulu, and Albert Vete joins the bench. Bunty Afoa starts at prop for Lasone. Who are you tipping in this one? Well, I'm tipping the Warriors. You're going to go the Warriors to bounce I'm back the at home? Warriors, yeah. Fair enough. I was saying last week, obviously, when we broke down those areas, that I thought the Warriors... And I'm the biggest Dragons lover. Yeah, I agree with you. You do. You certainly are. I'm going to go the Dragons only mainly because of those injuries. Um, I hope they do bounce back and prove me wrong, but the Dragons with their form so far, I think they can continue to kick things on. Um, and it's a, like, I
1: don't really care who wins. I just hope this is this oh, game lives up to. This is the game of the
0: season so far. If you're yeah. looking at their form line, so yeah. fingers crossed it lives up to that. But I'm going to go to the Dragons um, to go over there and do the job traveling. But if the Warriors bounce back, I wouldn't be surprised. Mister Gossip, he's also on the Dragons, and the odds for this one are dollar eighty for the Dragons with the Pro Sports Syndicate, two hundred four for the Warriors, minus one and a half is the line there. 1-12 Warriors, 330, 10 Dragons, 13 plus for the Warriors is $5.375 for the Dragons. Second Friday night game, Broncos versus Melbourne up there in Brisbane. No surprise, they're stuck with the halves combination uh, of Jack Bird and Anthony Milford. They've got Nicarima now onto the bench. Uh, Sam Thido goes back to the bench. Pengai starts at prop for him, and Matt Lodge is supposedly going to overcome that rib injury. For Melbourne, no changes except Chambers who returns from suspension to replace Tonal Pia. We've always seemed to have the wood on them, so I'm gonna back the faith that we go up there. It's not really an away game for Melbourne because half the key players are from Queensland. Storm. So I'll stick with the Storm. You're on the Storm, Goss is on the Storm, and with the Pro Sports Syndicate, they're a dollar sixty. Favorites two thirty six for the Broncos, minus four is the line. Three dollars for the Storm, one to twelve, three sixty Broncos, thirteen plus Storm three, twenty five, five fifty for the Broncos. South and Canberra, one that I hope will be a good game and one with plenty of football because we know they can both score points and they're good attacking sides, but hopefully uh, they bring their attacking attitude. For the Rabbitohs, Burgess returns, so Clark goes back to the bench and Turner is out. Cameron Murray is named on an extended bench, so possibly can return from that injury, so you have to wait and see there. The Raiders are unchanged from last week, which is absolutely no surprise. Uh, Tempted to tip the Raiders to continue things, but at Central Coast, not in Canberra. I have more faith in what I've seen from the Rabbitohs considering their draw so far, so I'll tip them. Rabbitohs. Yep. Mr. Gossip also on the Rabbitohs. And the Pro Sports Syndicate, a $1.60 favorite also. The Raiders, two thirty six minus 4.5 a, a line. 1-12 Bunnies, 310, 405 for the Raiders. 13-plus for Souths, 310, 515 for the Raiders. Tigers and Newcastle. And this one, from memory, is at Tamworth. So, interesting. Both uh, much brighter prospects early on in the year compared to last year in particular. The Tigers, but a few changes this week, and it hasn't bothered them so far, but Reynolds is already out. He's gone from a hamstring and now having a shoulder problem. So God, is on the bench for him. Uh, Chris Lawrence is out of the hamstring stain, so Elijah Taylor is back. He will move straight to Locke and Alloway after filling in at front row last week. He will reshuffle into his natural position in the back row. Matty Eisenhuth moves from Locke for Taylor into the front row, uh, and their bench is as it was last week. Uh, on the night side of things, Brock Lamb has been dropped for Jack Cogger. Mitch Barnett is back. Yeah, he's playing at lock there. SASA moves back to prop and Safiedi to the reserves. Who do you like on this one, Box? Tigers. Any reason in particular? Just uh, what you've seen so
1: far? Yeah, I still think Newcastle are trying to work out that extra spine player, aren't they? Brock Lamb being dropped. Um, interesting. Jack Cogger. Yeah, interesting. Uh,
0: I think just from what we've seen so far, in particular on the defensive front of things, and their attack last week is slowly building nicely after the first few weeks. They're building off the back of that. Uh, I like them to be much better defensively. and just better... of
1: styles, because Newcastle are going to go out there and try and score points. They're not great defensively.
0: They're going to go for that left edge in particular. That's their favourite side. And just from what i have seen so far from the Tigers, I think they'll be able to handle it quite well. So Interesting. Uh, stick with the Tigers as well. Mr. Gossip, he's also... On the Tigers and the odds for them a dollar sixty with the Pro Sports dollars two thirty six again so plenty of games pretty similar to bookies this week minus four and a half the line one to twelve Tigers three dollars four dollars for Newcastle thirteen plus Tigers three ten five fifty Newcastle North Queensland Titans and again we said last week it was already crunch time but this is big it's back at thirteen hundred smiles this is a non negotiable they have to win this game surely otherwise yeah. they're going to have to reel off a massive ripper of a run and I've said it before. Michael Morgan and a couple of these guys, Hess in particular, are probably two that are going to be guaranteed to be playing Origin almost, considering, regardless of form.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and incumbency for them is a big thing, and they won again last year, so they're usually pretty loyal. Yeah. But going into this one, they're unchanged despite that loss last week for the Titans. Semi shifts to the centres for Copley, who is out. Tyron Roberts Davis, your favourite player, he's on the wing. Mitch Rain starts at hooker for Pete's, so who's got a rib injury. Ryan James returns at props. So Max King goes back to the bench. Uh, Hipgrave comes in to replace Simpkins, and Jay Arrow has been named despite not finishing the game last week with back spasms. So, I'm going to tip the Cowboys again. Yeah, all the shuffles for you guys and the injuries. It seems to be a problem every year, but
1: it's better the you, devil you know and the devil you don't. Oh, it's hard to have faith. No, the Titans are bad. I'm not sure where the North Queensland are, but. I know the Titans. They've been
0: pretty bloody bad so far, but again, you're trying to have a bit of faith in a couple of these names this to will be just around. Just for
1: me so with North Queensland, last chance to learn. On the same. I'll we'll tip them, they're at home, season on the line, they lose here, their season I think would be as good as dead. Gossip's the same, he's with you there, we're all on the Cowboys,
0: riding them home here. But I'd love
1: to see the Gold Coast knockoff.
0: Oh, it'd be basically curtains, wouldn't it? It'd, it'd be, be a pretty difficult time, but with the Pro Sports Syndicate, they're a $1.55 favourite uh, the Cowboys, the Titans, 246 minus 4.5 is the line. 1 to 12, Cowboys, $3, 375. The Titans, 13 plus, Cowboys, $3, $6 for the Titans. Para Manley, uh, disappointing loss. Bit of a wobbly start of the year for Manly. A couple of good games, a couple of poor games. Parramatta, obviously, just absolute dog shit. Massive reshuffle for them this week. They've got Jared Hone returning on the wing. Bevan French, he's out of the side. Takarangi returns. In the centers with Orva out of the side. Kane Evans has moved into starting prop. Terapo shifts a lock with Maroa out of the side as well. Will Smith and David Gower are onto the bench with Bo Scott dropped out of the side. So five or six changes there, a couple by injury. I like Terapo I still don't know how Matangi's not in. I just think leg speed and bump and impact. Yeah, I know very- the, the minutes are part of it, but Evans... Terrapo, Matangi, are three bigger bodies are a bit more mobile. That's something they like. And even Edwards, like I said before, if you have to play him in the middle, which he basically does anyway. Mm. anything playing uh, Matangi over Alvaro every day of the week anyth- or over Geller. Oh, anything to get some leg speed and some bump and drive in that middle of the field. Yeah. Even if you have to manage the minutes a bit and burn a couple of inner changes there, they need it because
1: they're lacking leg speed and impact at the moment. Yeah, I'm tipping Permata. There you go. And, uh, more, on, more on the fact they need to win than that Manly are going to be bad. But I haven't liked what I've seen from Manly so far this year. Um, the only game I liked them in was the was game they hammered Parramatta. So I think there'll be a little bit of bounce back for that. Parramatta wants some revenge. It's a quick turnaround since that game. So it was only about four, uh, five or six weeks ago. So
0: yeah, round I- two. I'm tipping
1: Parramatta. Zero confidence in that.
0: Yeah, well, Manly, they're unchanged this week. Uh, I'm going to stick with Manly, but again, zero confidence. But I do feel that threat which you just brought up, which I forgot, uh, the hammering early on. Usually when that happens, teams do tend to fight back, yeah. and no one's got more reason to throw it all on the line this week than Parramatta. So yeah. hopefully we do see a bit of life from them. Uh, Mr. Gossip, he's also backing you and the Eels to get their first win. And with the Pro Sports Syndicate, $1.60 favorite are Manly, $2.36 for the Eels, minus four is the line. 1-12 to 12 Manly, $3.360 the Eels. 13-plus Manly, $3.25, $5.50 the Eels. And the last game, the Sharks versus the Panthers, and with some injury concerns there, uh, the Panthers—they've came into this one with Dallin returning to replace Josh Mansell. Harry Iraniar moves into the centre, and uh, Yo goes from the centre back into the back row. Otherwise, they're unchanged. And on the Sharks' side of things, there's a fairly decent shuffle here. Fafita has been named, despite the fact they reckon he was going to miss a month. Uh, there's still question marks whether he will play or not. If he is out, it's highly likely Braden Ueli uh, or Jack Williams will get a debut. Wade Graham and Paul Gallon are out, even though Wade Graham is on an extended bench. So that's interesting. Kurt Catewell has been named to start the back row. Joseph Paul a lot. Sorensen, are the new names on the bench. Um, yeah.
1: Penrith because Cronulla has lost so many players. But
0: Yeah, um, I, I'm on Penrith. I, I've got confidence in Penrith despite those the changes.
1: and it wouldn't surprise me to see the Sharks cause an upset. But. Well,
0: I thought the same when I tipped the Roosters out the other way there would be closer and the Roosters blew them out somehow. So mm. um, confusing so far, but... I'm going to go the Sharkies, uh, Mr. Gossip. He's, no, you not. You're going Penrith. I uh, accidentally wrote Penrith. I'm going the Sharks. Oh, yeah? No, I don't about I'm going what Penrith. are you talking I've of? just lost the plot then. I've had a complete yeah. aneurysm. Uh, we're all on the Panthers, sorry. I've just completely lost my mind. stroke. Yeah, I did. I really did. I had a Buzz Rothfield,
1: mate. Oh, my yeah. God. Well, I just completely <laughs> lost, lost the
0: on as much as Buzz. Oh, 100%. I'll tell you what, there's no fan and air in here. No, nah, there's not. <sighs> Oof. Penrith $1.50 for the Pro Sports Syndicate, $2.60 for the Sharks, Minus five and a half 5 is a line. $1 to 12 Penrith $3, $3.75 for the Sharks. $13 plus Penrith two eighty
1: seven dollars $7. For, Lewis, I can't believe you haven't tipped my sharks, mate.
0: I just look at this one and I'm I'm confused, guys. I'm, I am oh. I I just have to speak to the leaders of the game and I don't know why oh. we can't get it right. I really <laughs> don't know why. Shut to, up, mate. But, Kenty, you're not listening to me. I'm yeah. trying to tell you, but you just want... You're buttoned in, mate. You're buttoned in. <laughs> well, oh. there you go. Big thank you to the Pro Sports Syndicate For coming on board Covering our charity bit. God knows what we're Going to back this week Last week we went down In flames Didn't even get off The ground The Warriors went down The Cowboys went down The Raiders won uh, 13 plus was a consideration That just would have Been a better bet On its own in the end But who knows mate it's, it's been pretty Checkered so far hasn't it Sure has been I do like Melbourne At $1.60 And I do like Yeah I don't know mate. You know there's a couple There I don't who know Who are Melbourne playing? Brisbane In Brisbane mm and they've generally hammered Brisbane I know it's a very different start to this season, but yeah. uh, I'll have to see how that pans out. But, yeah, the Pro Sports Syndicate, some of those tips I read earlier, in particular those lines. If you're interested, if you're a serious punter, register for that product. First month, half price. If you don't get a profit, you get the next month free. Cancel any time you want. Big thank you to all the other sponsors. Do Pen- what time it is? What time is it, mate? Spaghetti time. It is spaghetti time. It oh. definitely is. Uh, big thank you to Penrith Solar Centre as well for being on board. Uh, Nepean Boltmaster all your trade needs there with Was and the boys and then obviously PokerDeluxe.com if you need to get an event up for your sporting club or if you're involved with the committee there and you're looking to raise some money PokerDeluxe.com.au look no further and obviously our two charity sponsors from our lunch not long ago for the Great Walk Foundation Full Spectrum Services Mark and the boys there quick plug for them go check them out they're Western Sydney's leader in pest control pool fence certification and commercial cleaning their service is diverse but core values rock solid Amazing people, fantastic service, and brilliant outcomes. Contact Mark and the team, 430 Facebook and their website, fullspectrumservices.com.au. And Insignia Hair in and Day Spa, four seven double two They're located in Penrith, York Road, 14 of 69. Award-winning hairdressers. Day Spa, Beauty Salon, Massage, and Nail parlor. If you want to spoil yourself, look no further, ladies or gents, if you're looking for a present for your wife or even for yourself. You can get a massage, sport massage, remedial, get a haircut, get pampered there. All bases are covered for men and women. Treat yourself or your partner, Insignia, Hair, and Day Spa. They've got everything uh, covered in the aspects of beauty and relaxation. And that's us here for another week on the fifth and last NRL podcast. Rate and review us on iTunes. We hope you enjoy the show. Always open to feedback. Hit us up in the inbox, send us any questions you'd like or anything you'd like to talk about with the show or anything to do with rugby league. Most importantly, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring
1: it on, give us more, give us more. Where are you going? What's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?